All right, everybody, we are less than two weeks away. You know what I'm talking about. Kubla Khan, Orthodox, Past Comfort, and Go For Gold, of which we are sponsoring, and that's fucking awesome. And you know you want to be there. There's still some tickets for sale. You can pick them up from a local band, $15 a day. No. $15 pre-sale, $17 a day of the show. Save the two bucks. It's worth it. Hit up any of the local bands, or you can go to kublacon.bpt.me. That's K-U-B-L-A-I-K-H-A-N dot B-P-T dot me to pick them up online. If you're just one of those online purchasers, aren't we all these days? We're all buying everything from the internet. Uh, <clears throat> it's September 13th. It's less than two weeks out. That's Friday the 13th. You know, the day of days. I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> I just, you know, you sit in a room alone with a microphone and just think of things to say, and I just, I am terrible at it. But it's going to be an awesome show. I'm going to be there. There's going to be a lot of people there. Already a good amount of tickets gone. Pick yours up. Do not miss this. For real, y'all. Don't want to miss it. But on to the next thing. My guest today is Maxi Dominguez, or just Maxi. That's what everybody around here knows him as. He, he does the printing stuff you know him as the print guy well he's more than that and i was kind of just thinking we were going to get talk shop about t-shirt making business stuff but it really ended up being a really poignant conversation and just it was really amazing i was enthralled he has a lot of heart a lot of passion for the things he's into he does work with a really great group and i'm just gonna kind of let this podcast speak for itself i don't think i can add anything here that he doesn't say for himself on the microphone. It was a really great conversation. It I was just in it the whole time. He's a passionate person and it really showed. And I've hung out with him a few times in various, you know, other places, Vinos and, you know, the Eyes Up house, different things like that. And it was great to sit down and finally get to learn like about his life and he goes into some stuff and it's 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 just really great. I had an amazing time. I think you're really going to love this one. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the conversation. That was, oh, shit. <laughs> I love it. Uh, just about a fist away or whatever. It's already rolling, so we'll just uh, cool, cool, we'll cool. do the classic intro. Oh yeah, easy tiger. We love it. It is good. Mm. First time trying it. No, I've had it before. Mexican style lager. Hey, I ain't no Mexican though, but you know what? I do love the easy tiger. It's it, a it's a solid beer. It's good, man. It hits the back. It truly does. It truly does. Mm. Man, I'll just keep drinking it. Oh, yeah. You know, pour, keep them pouring, baby. Keep them pouring. I wish I had about 20 of these. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the hearty stock at? <laughs> well, I had to learn I had to learn that lesson the hard way by getting too drunk on a podcast. Right. Because my brain, I'm, uh, I'm a big guy, but I'm very susceptible to things. Nicotine, beer, whiskey, stuff like that. Like right. my body, I'm a lightweight. It just straight Marijuana, up just... It just works so well. 
you way know, too good. It, that's a double-edged sword, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, you, you get to have fun, but sometimes that fun can just go a bit overboard <laughs> pretty quick. Pretty quick. For oh. me, for me, it goes quick. Mm. After about six beers, I should be stopped. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I'm glad that finally I'm in a place where... Uh, that's the same thing for me. You yeah. Know? I mean, you asked me in my 21, 22, 23. Oh, I'm like, where's the 24, 30 pack? You yep. know, all day. Yeah, dude, this weekend's been uh, it, one of the busier weekends I've had in a long time. I I didn't even realize it was going to be that busy, but I've had about eight hours of sleep the whole weekend. It's like four hours a night. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit intense. It's, it's intense. It, like, it wasn't even supposed to be that busy, but I don't know how to say no. It's like a friend of mine hit me up Friday. He was like, hey, can I come do a podcast at your studio? And I was like, sure, why not? I, I, I wasn't really doing anything, but I was. Were you just kind of hosting it for him? I was running the spaceship command center over here. Gotcha. Like they were in here talking and I was just back there. Basically, you just watch lines go by and Google shit right. <laughs> while people are talking. Fair, but, fair. But uh, so they did that and that was about an hour. And then... After that, uh, this is we could jump off into that too. But uh, so here on Crash, we haven't really announced it yet, but we're starting a pay it forward program, okay? A community based kind of thing where, say, you're an artist, like you're an artist, uh-huh. and you know my my big thing's music, but you know other people with like drawing and painting or with you with your t shirts mm-hmm. and all that other stuff, and a lot of my friends have like. You know, there's haves and have-nots and stuff like that. And sometimes mm. life just kind of shits on people. Right. So I'm trying to arrange it where it's not a charity thing, but it's just a, say say you're a keyboardist and you have like a keyboard in your closet that you had when you were 10 and you just don't use. I want to be like the middle ground to like bring me that and I'll find it a good home yep. for even just a kid or someone who's just, you know, can't, you know, for whatever reason it is, find something for someone who can use it instead of just collecting dust in a closet. Yep. That's basically the thing. So after they left at the podcast, we actually did our first one. I'm not going to go into it yet because we haven't posted about it or anything, but we did a uh, a drum set. It took me about a month and a half to put it all together. And I found this vintage drum set and I completely polished it up. I even had to custom fabricate a bracket. Because the bracket Hell was missing. Yeah. And luckily I took metal shop in high school. So it was like, You're like I think I could do yeah, that. Yeah. Little I was like, okay, yeah. I can I can get this shit. So I did that. And then I, you know, put it all together. And so when they left, I was still in on like it was all still taken apart when they left at like midnight. So I had to put it all together, tune it, go out to my shed there, do the thing, and then the next day was when I was gonna give it to the person who was meant to four you know right and uh so i was up till about two woke up at six showed up did that thing and then that lasted till about noon then I'm, what i was just telling you about then i was dealing with some computer issues right which i'm still dealing with uh-huh. I'm, I'm currently while we're doing this podcast still trying to fix <laughs> my fucking computer but did that and then uh had to go to a a show in hot springs and do audio and film. So I had to like bring bring my portable rig, laptop, all these like right, special right. microphones, set up a couple different things and then film the set and blah, 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 blah. And so then it got home again at two last night. And then I was up early this morning working on that shit again. And now we're, now we're here. 
just trying to get up and running. I get yeah. it. I get it. I get it. So it's been a wild ass weekend. <laughs> hey, though, you know, you, as long as those things get taken care of, you know, mm-hmm. th- there's almost a uh, a sense of appreciation in all yeah. of that. Yeah. Those little quirks here and there that you have to take care of, right? Yeah. But on that, I would like to say, if anyone's listening and would like has something in a closet, art it, just artistic related, be it music, paint, t-shirts, whatever. Mm-hmm. Holler at me in my DMs, and we can try to work something out where it finds a good home. Yep, and I, you know that that's, that's such a valid point, though. That's something that uh, I consistently think on a on a daily basis yeah. is the creating platforms, a platform in which I feel like everybody's inherited. Right? Yes, everybody has something to offer through their creative passion, so whether too. it be their workflow, something in your day to day basis has some sort of leverage that can help somebody else. I think so too, man. And and I think, you know, that's something that I, I again, I think about on a day-to-day basis simply because it's, uh, I, I'm so, I, I believe that we're such a tight-knit community, mm-hmm. right? We're small. We're it's small. small. Let, that's the deal, man. Let's be honest yep. about it. We're, we're very small. T- compared to even just, even Memphis. It's like tiny. teeny, we're tiny. We're just a grain. Yeah, we're, we're a grain. grain. Yeah. But you know what? We're one hell of a grain. Yeah, that's I agree, what I man. genuinely, truly believe. I think we're stronger than most. I, a hundred percent, and I agree with that. And I'll tell you why. You know, I come from a heritage where um, family orientation is, you know, the essence of our existence. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was brought up in a you know from Argentina, a, a Latino heritage in which um, our core values are inherited. And amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, to succeed, to struggle, to fight through struggle, but overcome struggle, mm-hmm. not as a single entity, as a whole. Yeah. Right? 100%. It's, it's everybody who makes up this heritage, the people ne- left and right to you, brother, sister, mm-hmm. neighbor, whatever it may be. The principle is always to come together and in numbers, and you know, in numbers, there's strength. And taking that initiative, I mean, it's, I feel like it's a principle that's been embedded into me as I've grown into, you know, my adulthood and career. Mm. And it's something that's just, I consistently find myself implying in my day-to-day basis, right? Yeah. And, and I find that in here in Little Rock. Little Rock, North Little Rock, whatever, you know, this general uh, demographic and yeah. area over here. Um, we're very tight-knit. And, you know, most people, you know, I get asked all the time, like, <laughs> You know what? What is it about Little Rock or this area that you love so much? I'm like, it's the family orientation that's inevitable and inherited in this community. You know, if we were, you know, overflooded with people, whatever it might be, um, we might lose a little bit of that. But mm-hmm. we're small enough to where we're still tight knit. Yep. And I find so much beauty and power mm-hmm. in that. I mean, what do you think? I mean, think about the music scenes. I mean, look at the steps that we've gone through, man. You're preaching to the choir, man. I I couldn't have said it any better than that. That was beautiful. You know, it's, it's, I I mean, and I've been part of the music scene, the art scene, whatever you want to call it here for for a good amount of time. You know, I I moved here from Argentina when I was uh, about four or five years old. Okay. I'm here now 20 years, 20 years. I've hit the 20 year mark, uh, 20 plus possibly. Um, and it's straight from back home, straight to Little Rock, Arkansas. I've built everything that I know and all my core principles here in this beautiful city and state. 
Um, and most people are like, Little what is that, right? Arkansas. Right, right. What? Ooh. Exactly. But I'm just like, man, you are missing out. That's what I tell them, man. Everywhere I go, when somebody gives me that, oh, uh, and I'm like, uh, well, you've never clearly been. Exactly. It's fucking beautiful. And for the most part, it's a rich state in that. And we've gone <coughs> through massive humps. Massive yeah. humps in terms of what a society is here in Little Rock, right? We're, and I'm talking not just, you know, I'm talking specifically in standpoints, right? We're finally coming to a point where we're all um, cohesive to each other. We're open-hearted. We're open-minded. Something that I feel like was a learning curve for yeah, a while, right? Yeah, for sure. But I think, you know, as time has progressed, we've definitely been breaking these barriers and pushing down these walls, you know? Yeah, man. I... And you're seeing it more and more. I mean, it's all, you know, it takes time to do this things, build up, you know, rebuild everything because like, you know, back in like 07 or whatever, the downturn that everything went through, mm. the recession or whatever it was. I don't know. I, I assume that's what it was that caused it all where everybody just quit coming outside and all that stuff. But also same time, man, in 07 was when the internet was like full swinging. Yep. So it's like. Social you, media became prominent, new platforms. Yeah, it's kind of hard to to dictate like what actually caused it. it was probably all of it, you know, as a whole, but the rebuilding process that's been happening over the last couple of years has been awesome. I and it's it. more yeah. ingrained than it's ever been. My big, we were talking about this last night, man. My biggest fear, I was talking to uh Baker, Jeremy mm. Baker. Yep. And we were at, outside of Maxine's and I was saying, I think my biggest fear is that there's not enough, younger people coming out and being inspired. You know, when I was young, sorry, I'm burping. My first underground show, it wasn't one of my first live concerts. You go to a big arena and stuff, it's cool. But when you go to an underground show, there's like that extra connectivity because the band's right fucking there. Yep. And there's like that sense of amazement that you get from like your first, you know, underground small venue show. And it's like, the one, just the, just the wonderlust and all that stuff. You're like, oh my god, you know, kaleidoscope eyes and all those kinds of things. And that shit for me was so inspiring. I mean, it's still my life. I'm 35 years old. I've been, <laughs> I've been doing it for two decades now, and it's still. I, I can walk into a venue and it's just like, oh man, it's so it's so awesome. I just that's one of the one of the things you know because you have to think about that stuff. Being the older generation, like how do we inspire the, the next generation. Right. Yeah, how do we bridge the gaps and all that kind of stuff? It's a tough question, man. It's a it's tough a, it's one. It's a tough but question. I, but, you know, I feel like wonderless was a good word that you used yeah. for that because that's tr- genuinely the best word that you could use for what that euphoric feeling is mm. coming into this, coming into a new world, right, that's been in your own backyard for, you know, this whole time that you've been here, have experienced, you know, X town or X mm-hmm. city, state, whatever yeah. it may be. But I mean, I can, I can profoundly, you know, still vividly remember the first time that I went to a metal show, mm-hmm. right? Um, hell, I can remember the first time <laughs> I went and saw Jungle Juice for the first time. <laughs> and, you know, shout out to the juice because that's the juice was the juice that got me into my passion of what my music, um, you know, what, what my passion of music is today in terms sure. of the appreciation that I have for it today. And furthermore, you know, 
diving into that realm. First, it was an unknown realm. Yep. Um, that wanderlust, you know, I, I had it, and I wanted to dig a little deeper. Granted, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you, you know, it was an intimidating um, realm to dig into, right? It was mm-hmm. the unknown, All right, jumping yeah. into the dark. But and usually I, in metal too, everybody seems you know tough. Right, you, know, you got the tough, tough guy yeah. stigma. They're like, so oh, who's little, this punk ass kid? You it know? makes it a little bit harder, especially back then. It does make it kind of hard to just like get your foot in because you're like, uh. You know, <laughs> but you know, now thinking back on it, you know, back then, back in the day, I'm sure I thought I was like, you know, well, oh, they just don't want us here, blah, mm. blah, blah, whatever it might be. But in the reality, I have such a huge appreciation for that, um, for that essence, simply due to the fact that now as an adult looking back on it, mm-hmm. I realize that something so beautiful and something so tight knit can't just be handed to you yeah. as simple as just a flyer or whatever. You know, you really got to dive into it and truly understand it. And if it's a fit, it's a fit. And if it's not a fit, then it's, you know, respected and you yeah. move forward from it. Right. Sure. But through that fit, if it is a fit, I mean, I can tell you, I found myself through that. Oh, yeah. You know, my, too, my artistic passion, uh, my core values mm-hmm. were all only in, either encouraged or founded through a local music scene. Or through, you know, bands that I felt like I, I mutually aligned with. All of a sudden, yeah. I felt liberated yeah. as a teenager. I had all oh, that teenage angst. angst. Yeah, I was man. like, I fucking hate high school. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what? I just don't want to be doing this or that. But at the end of the day, when it came down to the weekend or that one show during the week, I yep. was like, you know what? I got a little bit of cash. I'm going to go out there because um, I felt liberated. Yeah. You know, and to me, that's so beautiful. And and again, it's about building that bridge, right? Mm-hmm. It could have been a different story if we didn't have um, peers um, who essentially opened those doors to the next generation. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think everybody plays a, an important role in that as the new generations and new scenes and new uh, mm-hmm. core demographics of kids um, come up and about, you know? Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, when I was young. You didn't have, there basically wasn't much. I mean, aside from what my dad grew up with, which would have been just the the normal shit, a telephone, a black and white television, and Mm. everything else, you just went outside and did. Right. Or you played an instrument or something like that, a hobby. So hobbies, that's kind of like where I'm thinking, like when you're young, even when we were young, even as when you were young, it's even different. You, there was some thing there that you could hobby and do that wasn't necessarily like a digital thing. Right. Like, you know, you're not just on the internet all day. You're not just, cause this is pretty recent. I'd say within the last five to six years, that's like the biggest upswing would be people in their, like Netflix and shit and shit like that. Agreed. And streaming audio and all those kinds of things. You don't really get the appreciation for the amount of effort it truly takes to make something like this happen. Like being like writing a song. It's a massive collaboration and effort every time. You know, when and the longer you go being a musician, the easier it does get to write. But it's still time out of your day. To, you know, it's it's a lot of work, and you have to have five people agree that this is the song we're gonna do. You know, <clears throat> and I was thinking about that, like I was trying to take it back to the conversation I was having last night to get younger people to come to shows. Like, one of my best friends brought his daughter to a show, and she's like eleven. Yep, and she saw like the, her first small venue show. And they said she wouldn't stop talking about it for like two days. And I was like, first off, you know, oh, my heart. Right. Because yeah. we've been, because we were friends when we were in high school and we even played in bands together. But I just, 
I don't, I don't want to, I'm not like blaming parents or anything. And I, I don't know what the proper age to t- take a kid to a small venue is, but I think there is something to be said for that, that this, the way schools function now used to, when I was going to high school, you, anybody could just come up and hang a flyer on the bulletin board. Yeah. Well, you can't do that shit anymore. Oh no. And I don't know anyone. I'm too old to know somebody in high school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, so like, it's kind of like this weird thing where you almost have to function on a digital level as well. So now there's like this extra layer to try to get the youth in. And I saw you make that post the other day and I wish there was something like that. I really admired that post where you were helping kids and you had like that mm. bag and you were showing them how to screen print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what that is. That's why I want to ask you about that. But when I saw that, I was like, that's, we need something like that, that is either on a physical realm or even if it is a digital realm, how, how do we do that? You know, how do we keep bringing, I don't know, I'm lost for words, but it really is a, a concern of mine that there's not going to be enough young people interested in at least the live arts right? in 20 years from now. And I think that's a very valid concern simply due to that you do have to have, now we live in a time era where you do have to have that duality, right? Um, right. We no longer live in a time period and in a reality where, um, you know, person to person interaction is the only interaction in a, yeah. you know, uh, that you get out of an engagement, right? <coughs> now we have platforms, digital platforms, yeah. in which arguably have equal or more, um, you know, power over just a physical interaction, right? When yeah. you see somebody, you just stumble upon somebody or just have that um, strike of an interaction or engagement with somebody just due to complete coincidence. Now we're at a place where you can literally direct these engagements where you can completely pinpoint a certain group or demographic and be like, I want to talk to this group of mm-hmm. people. Right. So I think we all play a role. Um, uh, it, it's a slippery slope. I mean, I call yeah. it a double edged sword yeah. for two reasons. One, I'm a firm believer in personal engagement and being completely authentic to the core of human essence. Right? Sure. And when I talk about human essence, I'm talking about, completely very uh, being very open and um uncensored about you know personal emotions and and central uh train of thought on whatever topic or whatever it is it might be now through digital you know we're talking a whole different game yeah something where you you have the leverage to you know tweak a a little Mm, thing here and there right but however it's not to be disregarded it's a prominent tool in our society it's a prominent um reality of our existence and which needs to be addressed accordingly and i feel like it we all play an important role as um you know you know whether you have a platform of you're you're an artist or you're a leader or you have some sort of leverage in that digital community yes i think it's so important to be able to um do have some sort of progressive input into it because essentially mm-hmm. through that digital platform, you're able to create a bridge yes, right for the future generation and for the generation in which we inhibit now. Right. Yeah. Um, the people that we engage with left and right, they are always listening. They're always watching. And I think, um, there's a beauty in that, but there's also a bit of uncomfort in that, right? A little bit, man. Cause it's like the bridge is turning from stone to zeros and ones. Exactly. And it's like this weird, we're in this weird thing where so, there's still some bricks in there. Exactly. But 
there's no stopping it. I'm not saying like, exactly. it, like the digital is going to overtake everything regardless oh. of how hard we try or whatever. It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's already coming. here, but it's going to be even more so later. You and know? you know, I will say, I think I, you know, my, and, and I'm, I agree with you 100% on that and I'm all for it. I'm all for the progression of the digital society and uh, existence I, that we will inhibit I just, inevitably. I just think it got too big, too fast for our brain capacity you nailed it you like nailed it. it got so big so quick that we're still we're still children in the digital age yep we are the little infant babies that our grandkids are going to look back and go <laughs> idiots dude we're the test dummies <laughs> yeah, we're the yeah. fucking test dummies yeah we man. we're in the weirdest part of human history i feel like possibly ever 100 percent. you know we're gonna get the worst of the worst yep. and we could potentially you know, nail on some of the best of the best. Well, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think, it, you know, we do got to embrace the fact that we do kind of play that role of the dummy. Mm-hmm. But I do find it important for, you know, every individual who is a part of this digital society to inherit and always take acknowledgement in what our, the essence of our true existence is, right? I mean, we can't completely forget that we are human yeah we hold emotions and this digital society you know kind of puts us on a tipping scale right it It kind of it kind of pushes us over the edge where now we can have the ability to sway a certain way um a superficial way sure if that makes any kind of sense you know and I, i don't know i think authenticity to me is so important I think so too. Um, especially with these developing platforms that, you know, can be essentially manipulated in one way or another or swayed. <clears throat> yeah. You and know, and it, just and also it's kind of weird too for to bounce off that. It's like not only are the kids learning but the adults too. This is like mm. one of the weirdest things where we're all learning this system together. So we're all kind of trying to figure it out. And like you exactly. talk about authenticity, it's up to us to realize that we are kind of the dummies of this era. Yeah, exactly. As a whole. Collect- As- I'm talking the whole world. We're yep. all still really stupid to this. Even <laughs> the people who are making it, you can read articles about shit that goes on in Google Labs or Apple Labs and all that stuff, or it, it, even Elon, and they don't even understand what they're doing. Like they, they see it work, but they don't understand it. That's still how fucking new all this is. We're literally putting more out there than we can process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even our computers. Even like, our goddamn yeah. computers. You're 100% <laughs> right. So it's like we live in this really strange existence. And I, I like it, but it is kind of confusing because I'm on that. I'm in the weird zone for uh, I grew up, you know, going outside and playing in the woods. And, and then like computers weren't even a mainstay until I was damn near in high school already. Right. Like, like where everybody had one. I had a. I remember my a friend of mine in high school was the first kid I knew with a uh, computer with like a, a color graphic interface. Everything else before that was like green and shitty. <laughs> Zeros and ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, <laughs> DOS or whatever. <laughs> MS DOS. Put in the floppy disk to boot it. Eject that floppy disk. Put in the program. <laughs> Arguably better days. Who knows? Honestly, it's it's weird. I mean, it was exciting. I think more exciting because now we just take it for granted. You pull a supercomputer out of your fucking pocket and you have all the information ever at your fingertips. And and you know, again, I think it is like you said, something that we take for granted on a day to day basis. Um, 
you know, I, I'm really hoping that as a society that we can move forward and take this uh, will, this man. tool and leverage that we've been granted, mm-hmm. you know, that we've been essentially blessed with. Um, but do it for the for the future development of, of humanity as a whole. I mean, I, I truly worry. Um, and again, a lot of it is based on it back again to my heritage, right. like where it's all about family orientation. And I'm so scared to... I'm so scared of the reality that we may reach to a point where we're all so disconnected and unattached. Like to a, kind of like a Ready Player One style vibe exactly. where everyone's just in this fake world to yes. escape the real world. Granted, I think, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of leaking into it a little bit, but I, 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 I get, I get the disposition on that view. But to me also, if we're coherent enough to understand mm. e- you know, throughout human history, you see, we go, we go, and then we, and then we all learn almost collective chunks. If you look at like timelines, you can almost see in collective chunks where people just got, I mean, not smarter, but just more realizations to be made where they're like, oh, this is really fucking stupid. We should probably stop doing yeah. this. And then we move forward. And then, mm. oh, we didn't understand because when you're living in the moment, it's hard to process and kind of gauge, is this right or wrong? Oh, not on everything because there is a lot of wrong shit. I'm not saying that, but on the minute little points, the details of the matters and all those kinds of things. Like I get, I get that we're going to take some missteps cause you have to fuck up to learn. Right. Like, that's 100%. just natural. So I think on a long enough timeline, just I'm, I'm pretty positive when it comes to like the outcome of things. It's mm. like, well, if you just give it a little bit of time, which the internet has shortened our attention spans. So we want everything instantaneously. Dude, we're all inherited with ADD. <laughs> now we are. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I've it, got it. I've got it pretty bad, but it's shit. I'm, I'm still trying to learn how to be patient. I think patience is still very much a virtue. Oh, 100%. And, you know, just calm down, listen, watch, learn, progress. Pro- you know, yep. and, and then repeat. And, and I think that's a, uh, right. I, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you, you know, um, Again, I I think that we are we're lucky enough to where we're um you know in a place in society where I think most of us carry that um that essence right you know? where we can take something analyze and in in hopes to move forward. Um, I guess you know the and this is probably a very far fetched thought, but you know <laughs> in in the time in which technology and everything advances to such a advanced level that's beyond us right you know where where how how far are we willing to go with that you know how, can we lose ourselves within all of that i, I think we can but potentially but is, is it something that we should fear now or is it something that you know should be feared in the future or maybe we won't even hit that point who knows man i mean everything's delicate you know one one good solar flare and we're all fucking dead anyway so it's like or one missed asteroid you know there's so many things that That's are just it, like baby. on a bigger level it's kind of like the nihilist approach on the bigger level what does it all matter anyway because anything literally at any second could happen and the whole world could just disappear you yeah, know, that, that's something that I feel like has a that's a train of thought that I feel like a really heavily embedded and coded into my day to day life um, in the past couple of years. Um, I think I've really come in tune with the fact that we ain't shit. We're, just a, li- <laughs> we're a little speck of existence, right? The Carl Sagan speech, the pale blue dot, mm. is probably one of my favorite speeches. Like, it, I don't know if it was a speech or whatever, but it's just a thing he said. And we actually use it in my hands to wars opening when every time we play, we have like a big open sample or whatever. And 
it's that speech put to music that I made on my iPad. <laughs> which is which is great though. I mean, and and I love that. I love that simply because again, my story is one of those bands that I when I got into the music scene, you guys were one of the first people that, you know, I came into contact with and I got inspired. I was like, this is awesome, right? But you guys utilize that that band you guys created in that method of art and mm-hmm. relief into and incorporate some sort of positivity into it. Right? Try to, man. I mean, we did start out with like heavy Christian core beliefs, but we weren't like we were just like we let's do better, let's help others, that kind of thing. So then when we turn into kind of like I, I like to call us a humanitarian band. I like that. We don't have, you know, some of us are atheists, some of us are agnostic, some of us are still believers, and that's all good, but we're all together doing the thing, and we're trying to just, one, make the best music we can that we know how to make, and then two, how do we push ourselves far enough that while we're on stage, like you said, we can inspire people, Mm. just from our performance aspect, because our music's a little rough around the edges as far as, like, complete coherency, like, it's hard for some just avid music listener to just walk in and understand what it is we're doing, the technicality level. But we want to show people through our live performances and, you know, Todd's screaming the whole time and and hanging off the fucking rafters, but we want to show the passion. And then if you want to follow through and be like, wow, they clearly have a heart for what they're doing. Let me find out what it is actually about. Cause I know you're not going to understand every word he's saying you know, even I still don't know some of the I'm in the damn band, yeah. <clears throat> but I think as long as you really give a fuck and you sh- and it shows that you give a fuck and you try like you give a fuck, it's gonna show. People will respect that and respond to it accordingly. And see, you know, not you're not gonna win everybody, but that's life. You're not supposed to. You know? Exactly. No. You know, if we were all buddy buddy, I don't know how it would be. I don't know if that's the perfect world or whatever. But you know, I'm. I'm good with people who are like, you suck. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I need that. Yeah. Right. Feed me that. It fuels me. You if know, you're going to say it though, at least tell me why. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, we'll give you the, uh, the opportunity to cast a little bit of light onto that. Right. But <laughs> taking that into, you know, uh, let, an analogy behind that is something that, um, I firmly believe in. Right. Um, so for example, with Raiz, right. The brand that, that I started some years back, um, one key message kind of aligns to what you just said is, you know, being able to take in that negativity mm-hmm. for in, in core in in coordination to the positivity. Right. You cannot have one without the other. You, can't. you truly, truly cannot. Um, and I found so much comfort in that mm-hmm. uh, in the last couple of years, honestly, uh, arguably some of the hardest years of my life. But so much comfort has come out of that analogy. Um, and, you know, I, I think that it's so important that we all express that analogy. I mean, it, you know, if you're a believer in that analogy, because you, we do not live in a black and white existence. No, right? there there's is a lot no, of gray. There's a lot of gray. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, pain and hurt, mm-hmm. but a lot, also a lot of beauty and magnificent moments that were you know all very privileged to experience at one point or another but i you know and i guess you know at at times i dive so deep into that you know i get concerned that people might lose sight of that right that i I feel like some people might dive or be too focused on the fact that everything's got to be perfect picture perfect Right. right or everything is so bad that i just cannot come out of it um 
and those feelings and perspectives were all valid. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, key players um, and just everybody can play some sort of role to kind of level that out. You know, both things are both inherited sure. and create an ultimate balance. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, it's a bit far-fetched, right? But it's just, no, it's not. I, I dive that d- deep I think, into I think it. that's what a lot of people think, man. I think we're just in a weird part of history. That's, I think if we yep. can, I think if we can get past all this shit without blowing ourselves up, <laughs> you know, truly, realistically speaking, truly, uh, or at least di- um, coming unraveled, mm. you know, if we can just hold, if the strings can hold, I think if we go long enough, w- the people ahead of us will be able to look back and be like, this is where we fucked up or they fucked up, and let's not do these, let's not do this, right. you know, and. A lot of, you know, a lot of things, it just, it just takes so long. 100 years, 200 years. It's like, that's a long fucking time to figure out you fucked up. <laughs> you know? Truly, though. Truly. <laughs> but I think we're better at it. I think, at, speaking positively, I think we're better at recognizing shit now than we've ever been, ever. Because one of my favorite things is, like, if you look at, like, you know, the 1200s to the 1500s, almost nothing was different. Mm. Everyone lived, ate, breathed, slept, shit the same way. And then 15 to 1800. It's a little different. Not much, but sort of. We had like a car. The steam engine was invented kind of thing. Threw in a little bit of spice in there. And there was a little pepper in there. You know, the airplane had come into existence, sort of. I mean, it was a glider, but whatever. And then from 18, the mid-1800s to the mid-1900s, was arguably one of the biggest expansions in human history, yep. period. The technology boom, the industrial revolution, all those things. And then from 1950 to now is maybe even crazier. We don't know yet because we're not far enough away from it, you know? So it's like, I think we're doing better. I like to keep a positive outlook on things. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of bad shit, but also if you just sometimes what I like to do is just put the fucking phone down and mm-hmm. go outside and just look around and talk to people. Like I'm for my job, I drive a lot. So I'm always in new places and I'm always talking to fucking new people and it's always awesome. So let me ask you, do you define yourself as like an extrovert or an introvert more? It's weird. Cause I feel like I'm in the middle. Uh, I used to be very to myself. And now as I've gotten older, I've been coming out more like just, and actually I give it all the credit to my wife because when I met her, I was very like, I don't like, you know, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm just like, no, to myself. Like, I'm not afraid to go out. I go to concerts all the fucking time. I'm always somewhere. I'm never home. I hate being home. It's the weirdest thing. Dude. Home is just a bed and a TV. That's all I see it as. It's crazy how much we pay for it, right? <laughs> it's a fucking stupid. Because if, li- if I could live in my fucking car, I'd live in my fucking car. <laughs> but, you know, I give the credit to her, actually, because I now I like with you even or because me when you me and you have met recently and i'm not afraid to just walk up to somebody anymore yeah. and just be like what's up hey how are you <laughs> who the yeah. hell are you kid <laughs> yeah what's your story in the most kinding and loving way though <laughs> right and i you know i started this podcast and i've had a, a whole bunch of people on here i've met maybe once some never so it's like let's have a conversation but isn't there such a beauty in that is yeah i love that you know because because man I don't know what kicked it off for me, but I'm an extrovert. Like, yeah, people, you put the more people you can put in a room for me, the more energy I just take in, and it just fuels me, right? And and there's something about just 
I don't know if it's just my appreciation for just people or, think, or well, what they have to bring to a table. But at the end of the day, like, I get so enlightened and just so happy to mm-hmm. interact with new people. Granted, sometimes I do have to overcome that fear, right? Sure, sure, sure. We all have that. We all have that goddamn fear. Some people are just intimidating, man. Really, though? Yeah, but what? you don't know why. You know, it's like inherent in you. It's something from long ago that's just in you, like, <gasps> monster, you know? Exactly, like... <laughs> but then you realize, oh, monster, look, teddy bear heart, you know? <laughs> this man is actually the kindest man I ever fucking yeah. met. Exactly. Yeah. I think... Well, that probably is from, you know, speaks to your heritage, man. Everybody I know from like, especially like Latin America, stuff mm. like that, man, just the, the fucking sweetest always. In my, in my profession, I meet a lot of Latino people, Mexicans, all that stuff, like from all different parts of South America and Mexico mm. and never is it bad ever. They're always the same. And the more people you get around, the more they want to talk and be like, ah. And my buddy David, my buddy David, who's from Mexico, just moved here like a few years back. Man, I, he's the best. He'll come on Fridays for his paycheck and stuff, and we're just dude. We're all outside in the shop, just bullshitting, and he brings that with him. His aura brings us all just sitting in there bullshitting. We'll ask him how to say fucked up shit in Spanish. And he'll, be like, <laughs> he'll be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> See, uh, it's awesome. I and you know that that makes my heart happy because you know. Uh, Hearing it, you know, that there is an appreciation um, between heritage to heritage yeah. for that. It make, just makes me thoroughly happy, you know, especially at a time that we're fucking in right now. You know, I, <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm not too, I don't, I don't like to be too political on here, but I, I, I know what you're saying. And it is like, I've just never been, I was just so not raised that way. Mm. My dad was a hippie and I just, you know, my, as a boy, my father was the person I looked up to and he worked, you know, landscaping his whole fucking life. So whenever I go with him, it's always traditionally been, you know, poor people or Latino people, you know, like, so I've been around it my entire life. I mean, when we moved here from Dallas, I went to, uh, Cloverdale elementary. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Which is predominantly black school. Uh And I was one of, I think like six white kids there. Yeah. All my friends were black. And at young ages, I, that's important, man. I think that is I, incredibly important. Man, I agree with you. Because <clears throat> you, you realize sometimes, like, some, whatever is whatever, you know? But mm. a lot of it, you're just like, you're fucking, you're out of your mind. It's that's such a stupid way to think. And Wait, like, so, so, so you're from Dallas? Mm-hmm. Is, really? Yeah. Man, you know, I've been, I have to constantly battle the urge to just get up and move to Dallas. Uh, I had that, but, you know, uh, about, mm, Oh, what, three years ago? I started really appreciating this place. Yep. Because I went there, and I love Dallas, man. It's, I mean, it was my home, and that's where I'm from. And every time I go there, I just like fucking, I feel, I have this theory that based on elevation and where you're from and, and all those things, like when you're born, you're born into that environment, and it's a part of you as much as you are a part of it. You're connected. It's kind of like a very Indian look at the world. Let me pause you there for a uh, second, though. Hold on. It, and so it almost sounds go, like you're diving into some astrology So there. when I go there, <laughs> I always feel home. And no matter how much uh. it changes, no matter what it does, but it's like the elevation and the pitch and whatever it is. Yeah, it could be astrology. Whatever. I don't know. You know, fuck, dude. I believe that we're all connected in some way. Energy, baby. Energy. I'm a huge energy believer. Yes, and, sir. Uh, 
Every time I go there, man, it's just mad. Like when my friends are like, fuck Dallas, I'm like, you just haven't been with the right person. That's right. You need to go to Dallas with me and see it through my eyes. Uh-huh. And I'll show you the funnest fucking place you've ever yes, been to. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> and see, uh, you know, I, I actually, what, what built my love for Dallas was a couple years back, um, I did a pop-up shop for us. Um, what was it called? Like South by So What? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, hell yeah. So I think actually Kurt presented to me, uh, presented me this and he was like, Hey dude, like this is a cool festival. Like, I don't know a whole lot about it, but this could be something cool that, you know, you could go with Raiz, right? So I was like, yeah, yeah, this looks awesome. So we actually went and, um, you know, took on the event, man, that's what built up my love for it. Mm -hmm. The people were great. Yeah. They thought what we were doing were cool. We were fucking strangers, right? Yeah, we yeah, just came yeah. to their turf. We right. were like, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. They're like, oh, hell yeah, that's cool, <laughs> right? But I just felt so aligned with that culture. And I actually just, uh, I was in Deep Ellum um, last Tuesday. There you go. Actually. And uh, again, it just kind of re-sparked that interest. And I'm hoping one day that either I can live there I, for a little while or something, you know? I, as much as I've been there and being from there, I've always said Little Rock is like a micro Dallas. Mm. We're four hours away. We're 20 years behind. But the vibes are very similar Yes, for me, for mm. myself, personally. When I go downtown, I feel that. When I go downtown Dallas, I feel like there's some similarities there. And it could just be a downtown vibe. You know, I don't know. Nah, but I've been I'd to like some to believe that we're into like, something. We're onto something. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's what I'd like to believe. <clears throat> I mean, we've always mirrored them, and even a lot of our. I mean, even our our. Uh, if you look at just like our engineering of how Little Rock is set up, we get a lot of pull from that place. Like we even bring in engineers from there. Like they, uh, like the bridge system at six thirty, four thirty yep. interchange. That's straight out of fucking Texas. Like, you go to Texas, that's every other bridge. I you thought know? I saw the similarity uh-huh. there. <laughs> Got the fancy shit on the walls, like, oh, yeah. for no fucking reason. <laughs> Let's put some trees in this concrete. It'll make it spicy. Aesthetics, <laughs> Yeah, <it>? yeah. <laughs> if we're going to fill everything up with concrete and cut down all the trees, we should at least, you know, emboss some on the sides of our buildings. <laughs> pizzazz, right? <laughs> Hey, I'm all for it though. I'm all for it. Me though. too. Me too. I mean, and I and thank God for that intersection because holy shit, it was the worst. It was the fucking worst. It man. was the worst. Are you ready for the new intersection at Broadway? It's gonna be like eight lanes. Yes, please. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, please. Do you know when they're expected <laughs> to get that done? No, but it's gonna be a big one because they can't move the bridge, so they have to physically build it like on the water. And then they have to implode the one in place and then put it back in place. So you're not going to be able to go over that bridge for like, I think they said like three months. Jesus. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. But when it's done, oh. <laughs> Heaven, baby. Oh, Heaven. yeah. Look at this. I can just pull on it. I don't have to speed up and almost die. And- <laughs> right. I don't have to be an asshole to the guy right next to me. <laughs> so being in Little Rock and all that stuff in the music scene era. Do you, do you play music at all? On no. Keyboards or No, guitars? you know, and it's something that, you know, I like to, I'm a master of none, okay? I, I've dove myself into all different kinds of realms and experimented mm-hmm. with this and that, right? And music is one of those things that I've always, always have wished I had the guts to dive into. Mm. I'm not going to lie to you. I own a drum set at my house. Um, I was going to say, you seem like a drummer or a pianist to me. You know, and it's it, for me, it's always been drums. I've always yeah, been so yeah. intrigued by drums. Yeah. Right? And yeah, looking just up to you. Just beat the you know? shit out looking of them, man. Just go for it. <laughs> and I own one. 
and I tried it for a little while, and I will say I have a very short attention span. Mm. So, like, the learning curve for me, one, I didn't have anybody to teach me. I kind of tried to teach myself. Yep. Mistake, probably. No, no. Um, but I had, I had fun with it, and, you know, I, I think I'm very hard on myself. I'm definitely mm. somebody who's, you know, I'm my own worst enemy. Very hard on myself. So I kind of was pretty quick to put it down as soon as I found that I felt like I wasn't adequate enough. Oh, it, man. Right? But now, now that I'm older, I'm like, it's something that I would like to dive into. But in terms of music, man, no, that's something that I will definitely dive into. So um, I can definitely tell you that's every musician always forever. Really? Dude, even me still. I mean, we're, uh, well, it's been announced now, the cover show. Yeah. We're doing every time I die. And I shit on myself unbelievable. Like, I'm like, I'm the worst drummer in the world. Everything I do is shit, you know. I don't deserve I, I, these I, I, I can't. I can't play drums. And then we're learning these every time I die songs. And now that I have a another newfound respect for that band because they're already top tier on my list. Oh yeah. And now that I'm breaking how they function apart and trying to put it together in my own version, holy shit! So I think I was telling somebody, or I think I made a post about it. I'm going to be a better drummer after this. But even after that, I'll still be like. I'm not good enough. Right. I don't know what I'm doing here. It's forever. Even I mean, even my friends who are I know some of the most talented fucking people maybe on the planet, and they're and they are the same way. So you already got the mentality. Well, well, well let me <laughs> ask you though, what broke that barrier for you though? You know, because at the end of the day, I think it's. Uh, are you talking about the trying barrier to keep it going? Or right? Well, I mean, you know, you're your own worst enemy, but at the end of the day, you know, you still push forward, right? Well, a lot of that's probably just my warrior mentality, and okay. also. Apparently, I'm pretty competitive. So when somebody says I can't, I'll fucking You're show like, you. I like that because I can align with that. I can align I, with that. I, I think, personally speaking, I didn't actually consider myself a real musician until this year. Really? Yeah. I crossed some sort of, I call them aha moments. I've mentioned that a few times on here, but you just, and probably like even with like your screen printing and stuff, you just, it just, oh, fucking that's, you, you can go to sleep struggling and then have a dream and be like, wake up and be like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I can't believe that's, that's just so simple, you know? And, uh, I think, I mean, I'm being honest with you. I've said that a few times. I don't know if I've said it on here, but like this year is the first time I consider myself like good enough. I crossed some sort of barrier where I'm good enough that I can sit down confidently. No, I, I'm, I know I'm going to do good now and still like perform, put all my pieces together, do, do what I have to do to make the show or the song, whatever mm. it is, if I'm writing and I'm confident in my own abilities for the first time ever as, as a drummer, guitar player. That's another thing. I'm not there yet with guitar, hey, I still, but, but I can see you putting in the groundwork for it. Though, right yeah. Now. That was actually a uh, goal of mine this year. I guess a new year's resolution. I felt real stagnant. I felt like I've been doing the same shit musically for too long years. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just doing the same shit over and over in different ways. Like, you know, I, and so I just was like, all right, this year I'm going to get better. And I'd say it's been working out. I think if you change your mind and then work towards it, it's yeah, all mindset. Yeah, it's right? all mindset. It's all mindset. And again, you know, but I've been playing for 20 years and I'm just now confident. But again, I, and like you said, though, it is a developing mindset, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. you just got to tweak that one little thing mm -hmm. and make you a little uncomfortable, right? That's I'm right, sure you man. felt hell oh. uncomfortable, right? Dude, with these ETID songs, I'm the most uncomfortable I've ever been because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Legs Legger. I'm not Daniel Davidson. I'm not all these, I'm not Goose. I'm not any of these guys 
their fucking level is way up in the stratosphere. And I feel like I'm down here on the floor and I'm just like, maybe <laughs> I can try, <laughs> but, but we're breaking these. Do we already have a handful of these songs done, learned in the bag? We got a few more to go. And then we're just going to be playing the set over and over again until the show. Right. You know, as a band would for practice. Right. So it's like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I had such little confidence that we could even pull it off. And we started, we started running the songs three weeks ago. So the first song we started learning, we just learned the bits. Like we would stop and learn the parts, no transitions. And then the second practice, we were sticking three songs together. The third practice, we had all three down and we're working on a fourth one. And that's only three practices. But you see, that's only three weeks. You're thinking like, wow, that's quick. But in my brain, I'm like, I fuck like after the first practice, I was like, we're never going to do this. So, so it was like instantaneously shitting on myself. But let me ask you this, you know, I, and this is something that I feel like I've been thinking about a whole lot. Do you feel like because the ambiance of a band is a collective? Oh yeah, sure. Right. Do you think that helps in that drive? Oh yeah. I think I figured, you know, not, not something that <clears> I well, feel like I've been finding it within myself a lot lately. Well, we were talking about it. There's beauty and struggle. Mm. And when you're all struggling together, it's the same thing with people who are in the war together or something like that. Or yeah. you go through something tragic, like a car crash. Yep. You're connected. There's something in that that connects you. It's, it's in, it's forever there. You don't lose it. And you know, I've got band members that I don't even speak to anymore, but I still have that connection with them because we went through all that shit together. Like we were what you would say, like in the music, it'd be like, you're in the trenches, like riding and, you know, being on the road or going to shows and just like making no money and just being down and out. But that shit not only brings you together, but also when you watch the guy across from you, even as something as simple as struggling with a guitar part, you realize your own shit. Yeah. You're like, Oh, he's struggling too. Oh, like, okay, this is, this is tough, this but is we can do fucking this. Fucking yeah. This is part. Yes. Right yeah. Got to dance. I right. think, there, I think that's, I mean, Without that, if it was just easy, man, I feel like we'd be sh- shitty. Like you see those cocky musicians, mm. and then you watch them play, and they're—it's a lifeless performance. Yeah, it's like wow, you hit every note, but you also stood a thousand percent still, and there was a look of just—I don't even want to be here on your face. Fuck off with you, you know. And I hate that. I hate it too. I hate that. I hate that. No but- heart. You know, no heart, no authenticity. Mm-hmm. I'm always go back to yeah. that word, man. It's always about being authentic, right? How yeah. can you connect to people on an eye to eye level, on an authentic human, humane level? And also, if you're that good, try something different, like arrangements or something. Try something that is going to push you. Because no matter how I've progressed, I'm always trying something even harder, or even if it's. Well, you're that good. Okay, well, now be that good and move around. Perform that well. Uh, make Maybe that's look, the next thing. Make it look cute. Yeah. At, <laughs> if, you, if you've beaten all the struggle out of your uh, ability, add some struggle to your ability right. and find a new heart for it. Like, oh, wow, that is hard. I can't do a backflip and play this arpeggio. <laughs> well, keep doing it until you can do a backflip. Got to present and, that challenge yeah. for yourself. Yeah. No, but, you know, going back to the music thing, you know, it's something that I feel like has developed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, music has played a big part in terms of what I do with my creative ventures. Oh, yeah. Um, specifically hardcore. Hardcore is something that's, you know, inevitably played 
a big role in my life on a day-to-day basis, whether it be extremely personal yeah. or whether it be creative. Sure. Um, I've, I've literally been able to find myself through, through music. And granted, that's coming from somebody who does not play music, who's just a simple person who appreciates music to its full extent. But um, music is art. Yes. And I, I find so much, and I find the connection just as simple as that. Yep. You know, I am an artist. Music is art. It is like two languages coming together and meshing into one, and things all of a sudden just make <coughs> sense. That's a good. Um, that's a good segue to what I wanted to talk about. Also, is there's this new thing going on. You see it. It's around. It's in the atmosphere. These shows. There's a few bands out there more than a few now it's actually catching on which i'm like super stoked about where we're taking the live concert experience and we're adding to it so now we have vendors at shows Mm. and now we're doing these community it's almost festival ish but on a small scale single night four band performance Mm -hmm. and i've really been enjoying the collaboration with you know, companies and stuff like that. And cause now you're, now you're adding to your reach. Yep. So before when it was just the four bands, it's just the four bands, but now we have Maxi Roseco, you know, and we're, we're going to come set up a booth and then you're going to promote the flyer too. So now your audience sees, Oh shit, I can just yep. go up here and hang out and you'll be there running your booth. And now, and, and I'm watching the bands and it's all still the same price. And you're selling your merch and we're selling our merch and everyone's like right there together. And you have like a, at Jeremy's farewell skate coat thing, yeah. you know, there was like three different ones. Yep. <clears throat> I love that aspect of the new local business people coming up, such as yourself, Jeremy, you know, Micah, all these people, the Dogtown Barber Lounge guys. Yeah. Everyone's coming up and we're all inviting everyone into all of our artistic spaces. I think that's going to play a huge role moving forward with, you know, shows. I 100% agree. I mean, whether it be shows or just uh, artistic ventures for the local community as a whole. Like a Kurtz thing, the art gallery, like galleries and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's something that I've been seeing come to fruition a lot lately and something that I'm literally, I couldn't cheese hard enough about it <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah. People are all of a sudden, we're finally getting to a place as a community where we're breaking barriers, right? Mm -hmm. Just because I'm not a musician like you are does not mean that we don't align artistically as creatives. That's right. And, you know, I I feel like that that was one of the, that was a hump at one point or another. And I think that's a hump that a lot of uh, cities and probably places all over the country experience, right? Um, You know, there's there's these barriers amongst community to community based on the actual uh, platform and creative venture that you That's take right. on but again so being so, uh, a city like we are which is fairly small yet we have one or two options we can either be each other's worst enemies That's it. or we can be each other's best friends let's blur the lines as to what it is blur the lines yeah. and you know right now um so i own two businesses mm-hmm. but i also work for a non-profit organization in which um, whose sole focus is to be able to merge the lines of STEM education with arts. Mm-hmm. We call it STEAM. That's so, nice. So it, it's nice. It has a nice ring to it. But essentially what we're doing is we're taking, you know, high-tech technology and 
you know, um, traditional art methods mm -hmm. and combining them into one. Yeah. And I've been with this organization for about almost a year now, and it's been extremely eye-opening to the sense that I came in as an artist, but now I call myself also a maker because yeah. I've been able to take in these other elements of creation, which are just as equally valid as an artist who can create and paint or screen print or whatever you, you know, musician, whatever it may be, there's ways to blur the lines. Mm -hmm. And it's been able to give me this such big insight and scope on what a community and society can be as a whole whenever all of a sudden you in, you're able to create a platform or just a a community in which everybody is valid equally and has equal input for the greater, uh, for the, for a much bigger picture. That's right. Right. Yep. So I, I'm so happy that we're finally, you, you know, we're there. We are there. We are getting, yeah, we're, and, we're in like this new era. It's and, small right now, but it's growing, but I love it. Yeah. I love it because again, it's, and, and, you know, taking that concept, taking that, um, I come from a business background as well. I sure. went to school for entrepreneurship. And, nice. you know, entrepreneurship is something, you know, when it comes down to business, people will tell you it's very black and white. It's just mm. all dollar signs. What's, you know, wh where's the profit? Where's this? You know, where's the, where's, the, as, as they, sure. they say in Shark Tank, you know, what's, yeah. where's the equity in this, well, right? <laughs> equity, yeah, okay. But fuck all that nonsense, yeah, honestly. Man. You know, you got to take a blend of everything. So we're, taking the creatives and we're creating a centralized network mm -hmm. where like you said all of a sudden you're putting on a show but you you, you invited me into it and jeremy and this guy and mm -hmm. this guy all of a sudden their pool my pool their pool and your pool come together into one central network expanding the coverage and exposure of what the local yeah. the artists and local community has to offer yeah, and, and when, I think that's that's beautiful, right? Because we're 100%. the big picture. We make up the that's it. city, right? That's it. And and you, when you walk in, and I'm sure as it progresses and changes, I'd like to see it to where you don't even know what you're even there to see. Exactly. It's all so good that it's just like a little bit of everything. It's almost like every show is going to be almost convention-esque. Like, <clears throat> sorry. Like, you're going to take, you'll have like these booze. And I, you know, I could even see venues incorporating like, ends of venues like especially like it would work better on a bigger scale yeah because you would have more room to have such thing like at vino's it's kind of hard because you have to condense everything but it's still you start small aim high and eventually you'll be there but it's it's every show that has done this that i've seen so far and it's really been blowing up the last probably year ish this is when we've really seen a big upswing in these collaborative efforts mm. and you know, it's the shows I've, I've been to most of them. I haven't made them to them all, which, you know, forgive me, but I can't go to all the shows. But uh, everyone I've been to or even seen pictures from, they are bigger. The experiences are better from what I hear. Yep. And especially for myself, because there's more to interact with, which, again, as the Internet gets more indoctrinated into our brains and technology gets more, you know, indoctrinated into our brains, we want more. Always. So Always. when there's, when I go to somewhere and I walk in and it's like, there's Maxie in his booth and you know, there's Jeremy in his skate booth and I've got all this new shit to look at and I might pick up a shirt or a koozie or something, you know, yeah, it's just like five or 10 bucks or 15 bucks, whatever it is. But it's more so for myself, the interaction of it. Yes. And then I, I hang out with you guys and I'm watching the thing and then I go over here and I'm watching this band and they're kicking ass. So I get this performance too. And I pay to get in the door and everybody's 
having fun, but it's also this business expansion, this new way to do shit, and it's fantastic. And we're also, I feel like, aligning with the humane characteristics that we've developed as a society, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a very short attention span. We need shit to fucking, <laughs> you know, make us excited. Yeah, be like, oh, yeah. what's that? Oh, what's that? Oh, what's going on it's over there, right? It's almost like we're inventing our own micro city style aspect inside of our own <laughs> micro cities. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's 100%. like that episode of Rick and Morty where he invents a battery that's propelled by a civilization and they invent a battery that's propelled. So you have a city inside a city inside a city and they're all producing power for the next one. It's kind of hilarious. Really. It's hilarious, but God damn it. That's where we're at. And I love it. I love it because there's power in that. And again, being a small city, mm-hmm. it's plays such a crucial component for the development of our city sure. as a whole. Well, because we're still small enough that when we grow, if we grow correctly, we can be one of the best cities in in America. I think we are. God damn I it. think so, too, personally fight speaking. Fight me for yeah, it. I don't give a fuck. I really think so. I love this place. I'll probably die in this place. Um, I ain't going nowhere, man. And, you know, whatever. I love, know? And I love to hear you say that, you know, because... People have times of question like, why don't you just go somewhere else? Right? Yeah, you know, sure. Like you got all you want to do all these crazy things. Well, why are you here to do it? Right. right. I'm like, well, because this is my home, mm-hmm. and I know these people, and these people, I know for a fact. Actually, I, I have relationships with these people, and I see a future with these people. Mm-hmm. You know, my struggles and. You know, everything I've created was not just out of a fucking snap or out of a fucking no. blue or a train of thought that just I woke up with one day. Right. It's been developed mm-hmm. with me by these people by my side, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, and, and going back, you know, like everything that I do again it comes inherited from all different experiences and um, demographics that I've been involved, whether it be the music scene. Um, not a musician, but God damn it, that shaped my life and given me <laughs> yeah, some of the sure, most man. comfort that I think I will ever experience in my life. Um, you know, I owe so much to the local music scene. Um, but also the skateboarding scene, man. I was yeah. born and raised in the skateboarding scene. You know, coming from a heritage, a Latino heritage, you are uh, you are force-fed to be a, a <laughs> soccer player. And right. you know what? I was a soccer player for a long, long time, my friend. But, you know, as soon as I got into high school and middle school, uh, my world changed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I started being exposed to different people, different cultures, different people with different interests. And skateboarding was one of those first things that really caught me, right? Yep. Um, I remember going into sixth grade and seeing some of the eighth grader kids um, fucking holding skateboards and That's shit. It. Fucking middle school, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, like, what the hell is that? What are they carrying, right? Yeah. And then at lunchtime, I'd see them and they'd be... Fucking trying to ollie or 180 the motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, do a kickflip down the stupid little five stair that yeah. we had at our school. Teachers would come and fucking get onto him. And I would experience and see all of this from yep. an outsider standpoint, right? But I was intrigued. Oh yeah. It. I was like, why is it that they're so not okay with this, right? Why are these right. adults like trying to stop and put a halt at what these kids are doing when they see them that are having fun? And dug into and learned about skateboarding. Isn't and that the weirdest shit? It's, it's just a board with four wheels. And for some reason, people fucking hate. I mean, they just upright hate 
skateboarding. They hate it, man. It's insane. I mean, granted, I don't know if I don't know if you've ever gotten hit on the ankle with a skateboard. Oh yeah, that shit fucking hurts. I tried though. my I tried my hand at skating. Um, bit bit not my thing. I love it, and I was fucking hella into it. But uh, I just could never. I think the most I ever did was what well, was when uh, was it a manual? Oh for yeah, for like about two feet. And then I was just like, you know, I don't, I just don't think this is my thing. <laughs> this is my X Games. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. No, we love it. But again, it's it's just these little, you know, culture subcultures mm-hmm. that have developed me to who I am. And skateboarding and the music scene were one of those. You oh know, yeah. It's I, I I owe everything to them. They go hand in hand too. Really. They really do. Know? They truly, truly do. <clears throat> but I think music goes with everything. It's a it's a language, you know, and we're all in tune to certain frequencies. And what's coming out of those speakers is nothing but frequency that we manipulated through some sort of mechanical device. You're like, ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna follow that <laughs> that frequency right there. Yeah, one hundred percent. But <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's all a learning curve, I think. And eventually, you find yourself in what you you're aligned with. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, and and I urge people to go out and try. I'm always like a do new shit kind of guy because it's like, well, sometimes I have to be convinced, uh, but you'll never know unless you get out there and do it. Like I, oh, skating's cool. I tried skating. Guess what? Not for me. There's no fucking. But you found a kick out of it though. Oh yeah, dude. I I had fun. Don't get me wrong. This town was small as fuck when that was going on, too. So we didn't have anything. There was no skate park, no nothing. And the community of skate kids that did exist was very small. Incredibly small. There's only like 3,000 people that lived in this city when that was a thing for myself. Right. In like junior high or whatever it was. Probably late middle school. Kind of like you. Same yeah. same kind of era. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like that's when you really start. I feel like that's when the angst really starts revving up. So you just go against every grain you can find. Literally, dude. Whatever music, you can get your hands on. Music stuck with me the most. And I used to bring my guitar to school. And any of my friends that listen can tell you. I mean, I had it. It was I was like glued to it. It was under my desk, you know. Music? Or, yeah, like my guitar. I would just bring my guitar to school. Up, and just really? sit in the thing and play. And like I was terrible, but I didn't want to do anything else at that point. Once I figured it out, I was just like, this is what I want to do forever. And see, man, like, I have the most profound and intense respect for musicians, truly. And and, and I think that's why I've always, I guess, I've wanted to be one. I've always <laughs> sure. wanted to be one, you know. I've always appreciated and admired it so much because I feel like it does take, you know, you know uh, this sense of confidence to mm-hmm. just be like, Fuck you. I'm, you know, <laughs> honestly, to just have the sense of, fuck you. I love this music. Yep. This is what I do. And then to present it to everybody else. Uh, you a know, lot of it's a some, kickflip is a kickflip. Right, right. You know, music has multi languages. It's beautiful. It's, and it can it, only be interpreted by the single user. Like me and you can hear a song and interpret it a thousand percent different. Exactly. And it, you know, we can get the same joy. Like, wow, this song kicks ass. But we, and then we talk about it and you're like, wow, I didn't get that. I got this. Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's just like languages, man. It's just like languages. To me, like it is a language. It's it is. part of the lexicon of languages where I can speak to you through something using notes. I mean, it's no different. It's a beautiful language, too. Uh, I love it, man. And it's, I think a lot of it in the early days is what we'll call uh, blissful ignorance because mm. 
as you go, and especially when you learn your first few chords and you learn chord changes, which was particularly difficult for me, uh, you, you get a little like, oh, wow, oh, yeah, oh, okay, oh, look at me, look at me. <laughs> Shit, looking kind of cute kinda, all of a sudden. You kind of forget, <laughs> you kind of forget that you suck. <laughs> and then you kind of like, and then you get in a band. And then you start doing that shit. Now you're cool. Now right? you got a gig. Now you got this. the gigs. Now you sit on stage and two people showed up. And you're like, fuck, dude, we're going to be millionaires. <laughs> we're going to be millionaires. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> yeah, we made it. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've said that in my life. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and then you hit a point where I, I feel like one, the, one of the biggest things, one of the best things I did as a musician uh, was... I started working at concerts with real musicians mm. and seeing what it takes to actually put into like a real show. I think that's the single best thing I ever did, especially for when it comes to like our live shows and performance art. I always tell people I'm not a musician. I'm a performance artist who happens to know how to play an instrument. That's kind of how I perceive it more just in my own head. Right. But uh, I, I do... I, I do think that that was important. I think if you're going to be in tune with something, you have to view it from all angles. I've been the guy fucked over in the band and I've been on the other side of that coin watching a band get fucked over. And I've seen both view sides play out for both reasons in different ways. Like I've seen the band be wrong and I've seen the promoter be wrong and I've been in both sides. So I, my, my informed Opinion on the matter is, you know, you, you have to take some things in stride and there is like just and unjust, you know, classifications for all that stuff. But I think the more you do inside those realms, because music is massive, right. it ain't just bands on a stage. Definitely. It's every single person that comes in. It's it's every musician that's involved. It's every single worker that's involved. The sound guy, even down to the last guy pushing the broom for all the garbage you couldn't help not throw away and just dropped. It, all that shit matters. It all matters. And it, from start to finish, it took every single bit of those people to make that happen. Like when you think about an average show, even on our end, say it's a hundred person show, right? That's a hundred mm. people that had to come from a hundred places that showed up to a thing collectively in agreement that this is going to be fun. And then those bands had to come from, so there's four bands, five members of the band was at 20 that's 20 different lives all coming together with all their shit, sitting up on stage in agreement. A sound man has to come from his home. Yep. Like, you just think about all the lives intertwining in these single moments and what it takes to make all that happen. It is a fucking, it's awesome to think about because it's nothing to just sit at home and pop on fucking Hulu and just, you know, binge watch till your brain starts drooling. It's a beautiful you know? picture, truly. You know, yeah. and so it is, I think every show is a work of art. Even if you manage to only get the 10 out, I'm, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that if you put your heart into it, cause man, I've seen some great bands that suck ass and I would never, <laughs> and I would never watch again but a day in my life. Heart, right? It's the it's heart. The and I've heart. seen the shittiest bands. It's like show number two, but you see that, you see that specialness in them. It's like, all right, I want to see show 30. Cause when I come back, I know for a fact, this is going to be so much better. I saw I saw the second try. Let's see the thirtieth try. Let's see that heart take hold and like those skills improve and all that kind of shit. Because all that shit can be learned, right? Yes. Compassion and yes. true passion is only obtained through some sort of like you know natural progress mm -hmm. and just experience, and which takes hold of you, right? Yep. So so I I I completely get that. You know you. 
everything can be attained and learned. What's well, like with your screen print? Let's go to your screen print and stuff, man. Like how you didn't just start out and go, man, I'm badass at this. Fuck like no. you did our you did our shirts and dude, the fuck. It's one of the cleanest prints I've ever seen. Thank you. Thank it was you, from a Kurt you. Lunsford photo. You did some sort of voodoo magic where you made it <laughs> where you made it into uh, an actual picture that can go on a screen and then the so it's a black on white shirt or uh, a black shirt with white print, mm-hmm. but the white print, the ink is so vivid. Dude, so, it's one of the cleanest. And that makes me so happy to hear because you know, those are actually the hard some of the hardest shirts to print. The ones that you take an actual photograph and mm-hmm. um, print them into an actual garment. How do you even? Get, let's start there. How the fuck? How did you even get? Did you just reverse the image and then print the negative? Right. So you you take a photo. Okay. Um, it typically it can work with more. You know, a full um, a full colored photo. Sure. But if you're going just black and white, you have to invert the photo and then actually create it into a um, an outline. Uh, well, you actually have to make it into dot work. What we okay. we call that um, half tones. Oh, so okay. you turn them into dots per inch circles. Yes. So it's just a tiny, tiny little circles that make up this whole image, right? Um, well, that's it, what printing is, right? It, exactly. Just tiny dots of ink. That- exactly. And I mean, if you think of photography, it actually makes complete sense because. Uh, um, when you're, we're talking about resolution, mm-hmm. right? You know, you have all sorts of resolutions. Photography is based on pixels. Sure. Pic- ph- photos are just a bunch of tiny little squares That's that it. make up a big image. Well, what we do is we take that photo and then we take it to a central size in which the client or, you know, creative wants it printed at a certain size. Mm-hmm. And we convert their pixelated photo into little tiny pixels that we call halftones, but they're just tiny little squares or circles that make up the image. They're just microscopic. So from far away, it looks like, oh, that's the real photo. But you look at it, you're like, it's just a bunch of tiny little circles. Isn't it weird how distorted it gets the smaller you go? Yeah, and I love it, honestly. I used to work in large format printing. Really? Uh Uh-huh. We did billboards and signs and road signs and all kinds of crazy shit. But I had to learn about all that stuff. And I was like, I'd never in a million years... You see a print head, it feels like smooth metal. Yeah. And then if you put it under a microscope, there's 10,000 little dots in there. And that thing is telling that thing how much ink to force out on a little circle. The dot. Per the dots per yes, inch. Dots it's per crazy. Inch. We're talking microscopic <coughs> over here. And then as it prints out, it's just like, boom, here's your image You're on like, this substrate. Fuck? What kind of black magic is <laughs> yeah, this? It's all black magic. <laughs> <laughs> but you know... um, that whole workflow and method is something that makes that that I appreciate so much. It's something honestly that I've been I've taught myself. Sure. Um screen printing and everything I've done is on something that I've stumbled upon through some sort of progress excuse me, process and um found some sort of interest and just kind of dove deeper into right. it and it led me to something, right? Mm-hmm. Um so in terms of screen printing, I mean I Screen print. I landed on Wicked Rose. Wicked Rose is the screen printing company. That's that it. I Wicked own. Rose. Sorry, I said Rose. I think earlier. No, no, no. And that's Rose. the thing. I, I overuse roses a lot, man. I, <laughs> I have I have two businesses, and they're all Rose this or Rose that. That's all right. So Wicked Rose is uh, my printing business, yeah. and it was honestly established um, because of my original um, project that I started, which was Raiz. Raiz is my clothing brand that I started in 2013. Okay. Um, and Raiz is a Spanish word, which means root. 
Okay. Um, and Root, um, I, I chose the name Raiz because I actually have a whole metaphor behind the brand and what I um, envisioned for it, right? My logo is an eye, um, which is a symbolism for enlightenment. Okay. Um, our mantra is stay true or stay true to you. Now, it digs deeper than that, right? Sure. I can be like, hey, just stay true to you. But through the process of being staying true, you actually have to be open-minded. Mm. You have to be able to see the world with clear eyes. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to be receptive to the good and the bad. Not right. just the good, not just the bad, but both to get a <coughs> full, clear picture. So that's why Raiz, you know, people ask, like, why do you have the eye logo? Well, it's a symbolism of enlightenment in which indicts um, to um, being staying true, which means that you have to be open-minded and be enlightened, right? It's true. an icon for enlightenment. So what started Wicked Rose actually was in 2014, 15, um, the brand started as just a cut and sew project. Um, so sure. what I was doing was just going to Hobby Lobby or Joanne's and being like, <laughs> That paisley looks rad. I'm going to buy <laughs> three yards of it and see what I can do with it. So what I did was uh, I did a lot of pocket t-shirts. I would actually be in my room um, and I would cut out. I made these like paper pam- uh, templates of pocket t-shirts. And I would just fold them a certain way and use um, certain fabric glues. And then I would sew directly onto the garments. Um, and it picked up. People were like, hey, that's cool. And, and granted... So you would sew a pocket of that particular flavor onto a shirt? Exactly. So I would that's go to... I would fucking dope, dude. dude. I, I was going to Walmart, wherever I could, wherever there was a good sale on t-shirts. I was like, ooh, they got blank t-shirts. I'm going to go ahead and just buy a whole bunch of those, right? $3, <coughs> for sure, $2. For sure, for sure. And then I'd go to Joann's or Hobby Lobby and be like, ooh, those fabrics, those are cool prints. And oh. granted... The way I landed on that was uh, I was actually working at a nursing home for about okay. two years. Um, I think I was about 17 to about 18, mm-hmm. close to 19. I was working at a nursing home. Um, it was great work. It really opened up my eyes, um, specifically to the elderly. Sure, and, and it really put a soft spot for the elderly. I have a big, 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 big um, soft spot for the elderly. I, like You I see commend, somebody... Dude, I commend you on that because I had to... I had to do some flooring in one one time, dude. It took about a month to refloor one of them. Fucking, ugh. The amount of work and effort you see, like, everybody going through just for a single day mm. of making sure these people are, I mean, the best they can be. And just, oh, my God, dude. Mad I, respect for that job. It's, yeah. It was a tough one. And, you know, um, I was I was a kitchen worker. What My job yeah. was to be a server to the elderly at this. Um, it's just an important job, man. You're it's an important Dude, yeah, I had to know people a day. I had to know their allergies. Three meals a day. I had to know. I had to make sure they were fed. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure they actually eat the food and don't hide it because they do that a lot. And great, look, I'll be honest with you. You know, a lot of them weren't too happy with me just because of the complexion (laughs) of my skin. They were like, "Hey, Uh, boy, who are you?" I was like, "Hey, I love you, and I just want you to be taken care of." Right. So, you know, it was hard work at the end of the day because after Mm -hmm. two years. I couldn't deal with it to the sense that the nurses and the people involved, I just felt they, 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 they weren't full heartedly there. Right. They, they were a job than a, than there for Right. They, it was just a drag. It's a paycheck. It was a paycheck. And I was like, these are real people. That's the problem with those kind of professions, man. It should, there should be, 
there should be, we can always say there should be, but I don't know that there's any way to have some sort of, how much do you actually care test? Because, I wish there was. Because we can fake it. We're really good at faking it. We're Bro, so I'm, good at I'm being a fake. I'm a professional faker. <laughs> I, get, I get on stage and I'm faking the shit out of being decent. <laughs> and, and that's the nature of our just you know humanity sure but man. I, it it really dug lie deep to get by me. you know lie, lie to, get, to by. get by fake it till you make it right that's it and after a while i just had to say i can't do mm-hmm. this anymore it was starting to affect my mental health my oh. emotions i didn't i felt depressed i was like i feel like i'm contributing to something and i was i was just a fucking server I had no leverage to go up. And as I tried, I was like, hey, you know, like this so-and-so, I feel like it's not doing this and that. Like, okay, whatever. Right. And it hurt. It hurt so much. So I left. I had to leave. And I eventually, you know, I I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, I was like, I could get a job. I I don't know what I really want to do. I'm going to school right now. So I was like, "Mm." I was very heavy in the skateboarding culture. And in this time and era... Pocket t-shirts were actually yeah. very, very hot. Pocket tee, man. Dude, pocket tees, bro. They just were normal. Everywhere. You pick your color t-shirt and you <laughs> just saw a cool print all of a sudden. Sold. That right? Boom. Done. That's all it needed. <laughs> I, literally. And, and I went up to my niece who actually um, had a sewing machine and she knew some okay. sewing. I was like, hey. Um, I was like, I, I think I want to make some pocket t-shirts and just, you know, sew a little bit. I was like, can you teach me? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she taught me how to just stitch a straight line. There so you I was go. like, a pocket t-shirt's what? Four or five lines? I can do that, right? Yeah, four. Yeah, yeah there like you go. Tops, right? So I was like, please teach me that. So she taught me that and I picked it up. And literally, I went into Joanne's, picked up some cheetah fabric. I remember. Cheetah fabric. It was cheetah, nice. dude. Cheetah print. I was like, who doesn't like cheetah prints, right? Um, picked up a black t-shirt and just sewed it on there and I put it on eBay. And I put it on eBay because I was scared as fuck. Of just showing your friends that you did something? Exactly. Really? Yeah, 100%. Embarrassed that you would sew or something? Was it like a masculinity that, thing? Uh, no, it was the fact that I felt like I had an idea. Okay. And I was fear. I feared the fact that if when I presented it to my peers and my friends, that they would just think it was Dismiss stupid. It. Yeah. Um, that I was just trying to, you know, that it was funny. That mm. it's just a little silly idea that was just going to go nowhere, right? Right. So I put it on eBay, the one place that I felt safe because nobody knew me. So within about a month, a um, couple weeks, I had my first sale. The there first t-shirt that um, I sold was on eBay for $17. Um, this kid in Virginia. There you go. He was like, hey, I, I like that t-shirt you have with a cheetah print he's like but could you actually do it on a v-neck for me and he's like i'll buy one i was like yes of course you know at this point i was like this is my first fucking sell i will do whatever you want me to do sir <laughs> oh yes 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 <laughs> say yes 17 dollars yeah. <laughs> oh, please <my. laughs> it cost me 19 to ship it yeah <laughs> exactly so i did it i did it and i shipped it out to him and he you know reviewed me back i was like hey great t-shirt loved it blah 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 awesome that was the one that's all i needed spark park a spark exactly and i was like you know what fuck it Mm -hmm. if one kid can support me out there in virginia then maybe somebody here can so i i made an account and i spent countless hours um 
trying to develop a concept logo for Raiz. Um, originally, it was actually just a, a seed with a bunch of roots because Raiz means root. Right. So I was trying to incorporate that, and it just it just didn't make sense. I mean, trust me, I've had to make a few logos in my life. It's this so shit hard. Is hard. It's so man. dumb. It's I'm, dumb and, and it's I, hard. I have friends who are so good at it, and I'm like, how the fuck? I'm I'm struggling right now, dude. We're I'm, I'm supposed to be making a flyer. And I have this idea in my head, and it does not translate. And everyone's just like, just ditch it. And I'm like, what? What else am I going to do? <laughs> it's literally all I got. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, eventually, you know, I, I went ahead and put it out there into the uh, my local community. And um, they were receptive. They were they were very – the the community was very receptive. And they were like, this is cool. And I had it to a way where it was custom, right? Let's say, you know, you you were someone who was interested. You're like, hey, I want a black T-shirt, but instead of that cheetah print, I want a paisley print. Okay. Uh, so people had the ability to customize options. things. Nice. I was selling them for people $10, man. $10? Ten Damn. And it took me about a day to make them. Holy so shit. So I was underselling myself. Like yes, crazy. you were. Well, but, that happens when you start. Exactly. Because you don't know your own worth. Exactly. You, know, you yeah. have to figure it out. I didn't know anything. So at this point, I was just like, this is all solely based out of passion and just mm-hmm. me being having fun with it. I had fun. That's it. I was like, I'm sewing. This is this feels cool. People are actually, you know, they want some of it. That's You're cool. That's it, enough yeah. for me. That yeah. was enough for me. So, so, so yeah, uh, fast forwarding, you know, I took that concept and it outgrew me. And I was like, okay, I and then I actually came up with the eye logo and I was like, I can't, I was drawing the eye logos on the pockets because I wanted to brand it somewhere. Sure. Else, so people knew what it was. So I used to just hand draw the a little eye logo Damn. onto all the pocket t-shirts individually. And I'm a perfectionist, man. I mean, you, okay. you, yeah, there's a single line that strays out. I'm like, this is trash. I used it's to draw, good. man. And I understand your pain and I lost the art of it. I drew that. Oh, that's when amazing. When I was a child. Yeah. That's so sick. We moved around a lot, so that was like my first artistic thing was just drawing because we moved, I mean, fucking constantly. So I didn't have a lot of friends that stayed my friends because we were always fucking on the move. But uh, yeah, man, I drew that shit when I was like seven years old. So when are we going to put that on a t-shirt? Dude, we can. I have the original print. Do I still you really? have it, yeah. Dude, that's a really <laughs> good design. I would love to see that on a t-shirt. Uh, me too, man. It was actually, it's a corny story, but I'll tell it anyway. My uh, great-grandmother's so my great grandfather passed away and my young child brain, I wanted to draw her an old man. Mm. So she would have an old man, <laughs> uh, i.e. my grandfather. <laughs> so I drew this and gave it to her as a present. And then just, you know, as the years go on, whatever she died. Uh, I just thought it was gone. You know, they sold the house and everything. And when I was you know, I was probably a teenager then, so I didn't really give a fuck. Like, who cares, man? <clears throat> and then you get older, you start to actually give a fuck again. And yeah, I was always like, man, where the? F- I wonder whatever happened to that because I it always stuck in my mind. And one day I was helping my mom move, man, and I pulled pulling some shit out of a box that she had had for God knows how long. The same shit in the same box that she just never opened every move she made. And there it was, man, just at the bottom. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me! Pulled it out of the it's still in the frame that we put it in that I gifted it to her. And I called my tattoo artist, Adrian at seventh street. Yeah. And I was like, Hey man, I need in ASAP. So that was a Sunday that Tuesday I had it tattooed on my arm. 
so Dude, I'll never lose amazing. it again. Yeah. That is so rad. <laughs> and the fact that you still have the drawing and all the... Let's make it into a t-shirt. I'm okay. so glad you guys can see this because it's going to come out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but yeah, again, you know, Raiz was that one thing that kicked me off. Um, so I'm guessing you would spend a long time making these eyes, hand-drawn. Oh, a the, long time. Yeah. I mean, again, just sewing them took a day. That drawing the eye took another at least half day. Ooh. And then eventually I was like... This ain't worth ten dollars. I'm sorry. Like I can't do that. I can't I can't keep doing this. So I looked up how to replicate a design an image onto a t-shirt. There we go. And all of a sudden the magical words screen printing. Screen printing. I was like, what the hell is this? Right. So I dove into it, right? And I figured it was I found out that was the the method of getting t-shirts made, like manufactured. Yep. yep. So I dug into it, did some research, found some forums, got became a part of these forums, and I took the money that I made, which was about three hundred bucks, and invested it into my first screen printing um kit. But prior to that, actually, what I did was I went to a screen printing shop. Oh, um, yeah, I'm not gonna say any names. But fuck them. But <laughs> but I went up to them and I was like, hey guys, you know, I'm I'm starting like a clothing brand that I'm trying to do here locally. And I was like, I'd like to get this logo replicated, uh, you know, for the sheet of fabric that I have. And they literally laughed at me. They were like, <laughs> they're like, no nah, man. They're like, that's not gonna be worth our time. They're like, yeah. it's we we need you to order like a lot of units or t-shirts for it to be worth our time. And I was like, well, you guys can just print one sheet of this for me. They're like, yeah, sure, we can. It'll cost you $150 for like a 36 by 36 like sheet of, of fabric sheet of that fabric. I made. Yeah. And I was like, I, I I, can't afford that. And I was like, and I don't think that's a reasonable price. And they're like, sorry, then we can't help you. So I walked out of there um, pretty upset because honestly, sure. they, they laughed at me. They were yeah, like, that, that part sucks. Yeah. Had it, they been more professional about it, it probably would have stung way less. Exactly. But they, they just thought it was a joke. Right. So I was like, and just like you, right. Just yeah. like you said, somebody, when they don't believe in you, you're like, cool, let me show you. Right. Yeah. Let me show you. So I took that same attitude and I was like, cool, let me show you then. Mm -hmm. So I did research and that's how I stumbled upon screen printing and I ordered my first screen printing kit for two, uh, 250, 300 bucks. And I stayed up for about, you know, a month till three to 5 a.m. because I was just so intrigued by this right. process. In my mom's house, using her bathtub and in my fucking bedroom. Washing out the emulsion. Washing stuff out the emulsion, coating the shit because I needed a dark room, whatever the yeah. fuck that was. So <laughs> literally, eventually I got to a point where I got the I got the process, right? Yeah. And I screen printed my first batch of logos. And that just kicked off a whole new like generation of my what my pocket t shirts look like. And time after time, then I, you know, I made my first graphic t shirt. And then I had a couple of friends who were like, hey, dude, we see that you're screen printing your own T-shirts. Um, I kind of want to screen print something or somebody, so-and-so needs some screen printing. Can you help them out? And I was denying a lot of those requests. I was like, no, I just kind of print for my own stuff. Right. Sorry, like it's not professional or anything. And eventually I felt confident. They were like, I was like, yeah, sure. I yeah. think I can help you out with that. 
and researched and saw there was a whole business to it. And that's how Wicked Rose was born. Um, nice, man. That's it, a good it was, story. It, it was all due to my personal craft that led me to one thing. Uh, one thing led to another. Yep. And now, you know, Wicked Rose is up and thriving. Um, obviously, I had to make it into a different entity. I wanted to make sure there was a separation between the two crafts. <laughs> sure. But that was my story, man. I mean, it, it's none of this. Nothing that I have done was uh, planned or something that I conceptualized and was like, I want to do this. I really yeah. want to do this. It's, I just went with the flow of things and eventually one thing led to another. Yeah. That's, you know, I feel that, man. It's kind of how I, I don't really make plans. I, I don't think people should, man. I, like super long term. Eh. You know, like, I, you know, fuck up. 35 still live in the same house from when I was a kid. Like, you know, eh. Man. Fuck it though. Yeah. I mean, at least just living by the seat of my pants, really. As long as you have a plan to survive for the next sure, day, you're yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a I have a day job, so it's like, okay, cool. I can eat and shit in the same place. I'm good. I think I'm all right. Yeah. yeah. And and and, and I, you know, through that process, you know, I've it's been so enlightening and made made me so happy to see other people take their ideas mm -hmm. and. Make them into fruition. Oh, and it pulls you even deeper into the culture too, uh, not just like the artistic culture, but like the scene—the scene of culture. Like you're, like, just being around you being in a room now. It's like, oh shit, there's there's Maxi. You know, like you're you're pulled into this whole world of artistic things. And used to man, you know that shit wasn't even considered art. Mm. You know. Like, oh, you're ago, just a manufacturer. You're just a manufacturer. You're just another business. No, dude. I need these shirts. Fucking make them <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, you know. And now people people are starting to respect. And it's probably because a lot of it's going away. There's probably something to that, you know, with the automation and the fact that you oh, can God, go buy. Get me started. The fact that you can. Bro. The fact that you can go buy a printer, stick it on a thing, and just go. Boom, 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 boom. All right, there it is, full color. You know, and that's the thing, like. Screen printing is a traditional printmaking method. It's a traditional printmaking method that's been around for 2,000 plus years. Origi oh, yeah, originated time. in Egypt and yep. um, China. And, you know, again, I, I think it's easy for people to oversee that, right? And, and it's not their job to understand. Trust me, it's not their job, but well, it's it, also, is a, it is an art method. It's hard to look up when it's so everywhere. Exactly. Like screen printing is fucking Everywhere. Everywhere. Every shop you walk into that has a piece of merch, which is almost all of them, it's there. Mm -hmm. You don't really understand it because to you, for most people, day to day, it's just another shirt yep. that they can buy. Yep. They don't realize what it took to go into that. Shirt, picking out a shirt, the quality of a shirt. Like, even that process is a motherfucker. It's a process. And, you know, that that's something that I've really tried to take an initiative with uh, Wicked Rose. Um, I, I really don't, I don't like calling it a print shop. You right. know, most people are like, oh, you own a print shop. I'm like, mm, I don't like calling it that. I actually would rather to prefer to call it a creative platform. That's my that's my big goal with the brand. Um, I want to be able to establish a platform for both the creative and the entrepreneur mm. who wants to take their con, whether it be just a simple concept. You have no actual product or you haven't even taken a step into the realm of your idea to the person who has started something and I want to take it to the next level. Um, I like that. I, I, I see a lack of platforms, not just here, but across the state, 
across the states and potentially worldwide one that's feasible and accessible to the up and coming you know yeah, if you if you're already an established company right yes. if you're already an established company you can go anywhere and get what you need done right cuz you got right. the you got the go up to fucking right, you know, pay right, for right, it right yeah but what about the people who are just equally as creative or honestly more creative mm. than the people who are already established and doing this and that who have wonderful ideas that could not only, you know, benefit them, but could change the world. Yeah, for sure, man. Where is their platform and resources to make that into fruition? It's hard, man. It takes uh, like your thing steam. It takes things like that. Exactly. Showing those kids like that was a, that was a really cool video, man. I didn't really, I didn't know about any of that until you posted the little link or whatever. But I mean, that really sparked something in me to be like, this is, this is, we need to find versions of this for more things. Steam education. like you were saying, and I saw the video of that kid, you put the bag on there and you print and you let him drag the, the squeegee and his face just lit up, dude. He was just like, Oh, he was like, try, like, like, I don't know who he was saying, look at this, probably his mom or something. But, uh, I get what you're saying. Like you're, you're more than just call me up and I'll print your shit. It's like, I want, I want you invested in this process too. Mm. I want you to see and feel and even, you know, fuck come by. Like uh, you, you want to squeegee out some shit? Cool. Let's do it. Like you're bringing people into the process that generally is just overlooked as just a manufacturing process, something more industrial than, uh, lively, you know, uh, you're putting, you're putting people in the position to really see the creative process. And it's more than just a fucking machine going, quick, quick, Exactly. You know, and if smaller company, I'm, I'm a big proponent of like local business, things like that. I think if more people focused on just their communal businesses and I understand there's a, there's a limit to that too, because if ever imagine if local businesses were the ones that made cell phones, they'd all probably be fucking, <laughs> <laughs> none of them would connect with another one. You'd only be able to 100%. talk to the people that had the one in your area. It'd be fucked. But I, you know, I get it on a, some things on a larger scale, but most things can be brought down to a, local level, you know, like farmers markets and 100%. just, you know, like what we're trying, like what we're all collectively trying to do with our music scene and bring more people into it's the same it. concept. Same right. concept. It's just in different uh, demographics. <clears throat> you know, and we're trying multi-genre shows and we're just doing whatever. It's like, all right, well that worked. Let's incorporate that in small doses around here. You know, it's like, that's cool, man. I like, I like your approach to, especially with the kids, the younger generations, mm. that steam thing. That's, that's fucking awesome. It's heavy, man. And, you know, here's my thing. You know, I I, I never had any intentions of being an educator. Like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of was um, fortunate to be presented the opportunity, and I was strong enough to take it. Um, it's a big one. Um, but the reality is, is that as a state... You know, we live in the heart of Arkansas where we are thriving and we are A-OK and we are the heart of this state. Mm-hmm. You know, we are OK. But the reality of it is we have um, so many towns and small, I wouldn't even, yeah, little cities, towns sure. yeah. who are rural areas who, <laughs> you, you think we're behind? Oh, it's cut off completely. For them, yeah. it's completely cut off yeah. the existence of what everything else is going on in the world. Yeah. It literally hurts. It hurts me because, again, I come from a heritage where my yeah. um I have a single parent, where my mother raised four kids, 
Um, Kudos she, to your mom, uh, man. A hundred percent where she had shitty husbands. Sure. Uh, where my father left me um, mm. due, to some, due to some completely irrational fucking self-absorbed uh, mentality and perspective. Um, so my mom was the one who raised me and three other kids. Um, and the reality is she, she struggled and suffered just to give me and my siblings a, um, a sustainable life in which she felt was good enough for us, even though she still does not think it was good enough for us, but due to her and all her struggles and everything that she sacrificed, um, we have what we have today. Sure. Um, the reality is that in these rural areas, that is a very prominent reality for these families. Um, and, and and I found an avenue through this uh, nonprofit to be able to go out to these rural areas in hopes, in hopes mm-hmm. to be able to strike some sort of inspiration or just exposure to the availability and the things that are out there for the future generation of the right. kids, for the not just for the development of their own personal lives, but the development of their communities. Yeah. Um, you know that I feel like that was my journey. Um, I've been, I'm somebody who is intrigued by the unknown, and you know all these things that were completely out of my element: screen printing, um, graphic design, you know, um, fashion, all maybe, these things. Maybe drum someday. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Digital fabrication, right. whatever it is, it's so intriguing to me. But that. That factor was sparked through, you know, my mother who mm-hmm. always pushed me to be involved in new realms mm. and experiment and just try shit, honestly. Get out there, do it. Get out yeah. there. Don't be fucking scared. And if you're scared, yeah. you'll overcome that That's fear. It. You know? Um, and I'm hoping that that was my goal to be able to strike those same chords to some kids in these rural areas because the reality is just because they're in a rural area does not make them any less than any of us um they deserve the exact same amount of opportunities they just don't have the um resources the resources and 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 to be completely black and white about it it's funding it's always fucking funding um and i hate that uh, you know that it's always a money it's a hard one man it's it sucks that it's always a money issue man because it's like well less people live here so there's just less of it exactly so what so we just shut them off and just because oh you can't provide no and i hate that so it's it's terrible. Well, that, you know, but in that too, typically comes some of the best shit. You mm. always see the innovators of the world didn't come from fucking, you know, none of them Brand that I'm roses, aware right? of. They, none of them came from silver spoons. They That's came right. from the fucking garages and the sheds. That's right. You know, of America, of rural America, you exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> they you got know, out there and just got inspired and was like, well, I live in nowhere, so I'll go to town, pick up some supplies. <laughs> Give it a fucking whirl, right? right? Like you go into Hobby Lobby and fucking buying fabric and sewing pockets on a t-shirt. You know, it's in the same heart as, you know, Steve Wozniak and Jobs sit in a garage soldering fucking things together. You know, it's like, this like, might work. It, I don't you know, fucking know. You know, who knows, man? We're going to make a computer with a wood box because that's all we got. And then, and then we're going to be the biggest. Now, now I have some issues with the way they do things, but <laughs> the heart mean. of how it came to be is the same heart as you sitting in your fucking mom's bedroom, grinding twenty hours away, sewing pockets on a t-shirt. Yep. And now you're a mentor and a teacher for young 
rural youth who don't have access to a lot of these things and you own two companies and you're successful and and that's from your heritage and your tough upbringing with, you know, single parenthood and all that stuff, which by the way, your mom shouldn't be hard on herself because you kick ass and Thank you. she should totally just high praise to that woman. Cause I can't imagine having to raise anyone. Alone. She, she is literally my lifeline. Um, she has taught me not just to be a strong person, but she's taught me the, um, the morality in which I, I live day in and day out. Um, I feel like she's given me the insight of what humanity is as a whole and how to appreciate it, how to live, quote unquote, with your heart on your sleeve, <laughs> right. but still be a powerful person and go after what you want. That's right. Um, you know, at the end of the day, she went from being a girl who was raised by a family who was self-sustained by their own farm as in you know they raised their own cows their chickens their own crops that was their that was their food um electricity was not a real thing um she went through indoor plumbing probably was barely a thing maybe Uh, yeah oh no she told me you know she was like their 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 bathroom was a simple hole in the ground you know outside of the fucking house um she went through two marriages uh that were both you know detrimental and Mm -hmm. extremely horrible had the power to get out of them had the power to take her four children um had the power to leave her hometown and go into a city in which she knew nothing about had the power to um, raise four kids had the power to take on a job in the meantime all by herself had the power to leave her country and take all of us to an unknown territory and country uh, for the sake and the hope that we would all benefit for a better life, not for her, but for the sake of her kids. And now um, I'm proud. I'm proud. And, you know, some people might be like, you know, you're too proud. But no, I feel like I'm not proud enough to the reality that um, I live from a family where both of my three siblings, including myself and my mother, are all entrepreneurs. We all own Mm -hmm. our own businesses and we are all empowered. not just you know with what we can do but we're empowered within ourselves as a collective a, a family knowing that we have each other's back and that nothing can deteriorate us no yeah, matter yeah. what political issues are going on sure. no matter what um you know things try to tear us down no matter what happens day in and day life day in and day out um we can overcome it that that's something that my mother has embedded in me and my siblings and um uh, that that that's 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 my raiz. That's there my root. Go. Yeah, man. That that is my core and values to everything that I do day in around. and day out. She sounds you know? like a total badass. Uh, my best friends they they call her um they call her uh, a real saint. They, they generally see her and they they think she's glowing. Um, my mother is a, a magical human being and I owe everything to her. To, I feel like if it wasn't for her. I wouldn't be grounded as a human yeah, being, um, not just based on what I do for a profession, but based on my just insight and how I perceive humanity. You know, yeah. I, I'm very, I'm very aligned with just human interaction. Like for sure, just being here with you, yeah, you know, man. Like I will never forget this moment. Oh, this is fantastic. This has been unbelievable, man. This yeah. is like. Yeah, you know the the cheesy saying like wear your heart on your sleeve. I feel like my mom fucking slapped the shit that into my fucking (laughs) face, and I was like, "You better leave. You better live with your fucking heart on your sleeve." No, the best you can do. I think it can help us all to, you know, like I always call it, just giving a fuck a little bit. You know, like we're we're in this new world where like I don't give a fuck 
eh, you gotta give a fuck. It works sometimes, you know, like when you're, you know, personal gain, that kind of thing is like trying to move ahead. It's like, okay, but you know, you still have to like, you still have to give a fuck. Man. Exactly. You, you, you nailed it on that. You can not give a fuck all you want, but you're going to, you're probably going to be a little bit miserable. You're probably going to be always like, kind of like that bah humbug, you know, Scrooge McDuck fucking. Bleh. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, you know, when <laughs> I have conversations about this all the fucking time, when you strip down reality and existence as a whole, you're really left with nothing. All you're left with is the ex- the very tiny little experience, the speckle of experience you called existence that you got to experience. Right. That's all you're left with. It's fucking... Um, and for me, you know, the, the value in that is the people that I come in contact with. Sure. You know, everything else is just a superficial facade that's been <coughs> cultivated through our... Through, through through just the motions of history and existence. Sure. Um, yeah. But however, there's only one Corey Fisher. That's and, right. Um, you only know, one the, Maxie. You exactly. Know. There's only one of us, and I take that all to it, to the core of it, and I want to expunge it and just take it all in and just <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. appreciate yeah. it because there's only one of that, you know, yep. until the day that I die, and that's what I was left with. Sure, man. I love it. Man, I feel like I went off on a hole. It's okay, dude. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Hey, who, passionate, who, man. who put one of these easy tigers, man? Who, who, who put beer in this can? <laughs> no, that was great, man. Uh, I appreciate that. That was that was awesome. It's cool to hear your story too, and it's good to know that. <clears throat> you know, it's cool to see that. How, how old are you? Twenty five. Yeah. So it's cool to see that. Myself looking backwards, there's there is more people coming forward with the same kind of, I, I guess what you'd call core value systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's nice to, it's, it is, it's nice for me to see and look and be able to turn my head backwards and look at the generations coming forward, that there is still a lot of that. And I think there will be more of that. I I have a lot of hope for uh, humanity as a whole. I know shit seems bleak when you turn on the news and stuff, but I think, uh, I, have faith I think it's doing good, man. I, th- I think we're better than we think. And, uh, just for everyone listening, my, my father taught me this when I was young and I always kept it with me. When you, when you see something tragic happen, regardless of what it is, he said, he told me, he, uh, I'll never forget it. We were sitting down watching TV, the news one night. I can't remember what it was that happened. Something. It's always something. But, uh, he was like, you know, look, look past the reporter, look at all, like this happened to like, you know, there's 10 people involved in this horrific thing, but look at all the people that came together to fix and solve this horrific thing. Look past that. Look through to the other, the background of the image, because there's all the real humanity back there. You know, like like this bad thing happened, but look at all the amount of shit that came forward to make sure that it was taken care of or people were, you know, helped and all that kind of stuff, because there's far more of that people involved and then there are with the, with the wrong part. Mm. And it stuck with me forever. And now, you know, when I look at things that are horrible and stuff, I, I have heart for it. And I'm just like, this is fucking terrible. I, of course, I have my own opinions. Not that I need to voice them here, but yeah, uh, I always look in the background and look at all the people who actually care. And, you know, they're all trying to do something better or make something happen that makes this situation better. Or how can we stop these situations? Like all that shit. There's always more of those than there are the ones doing the bad. Mm. So... You know, I have hope. There are. I've, I've, I still feel like there's more good than there is evil in this I world. I 100% believe it. Um, I think good will always triumph evil. Sure. Um, 
But again, uh, it's and, hard. and it goes back to the whole um, community in which that mm-hmm. we, we, we experience and live here in Little Rock, Arkansas, right? <laughs> good that, old Little Rock, good Arkansas. Good old L-R-A-R. Man. And we have the weirdest fucking state name, I think, period. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, man. It's really fucking How did we weird. come to that? Arkansas. Is it Arkansas? Arkansas? Like, what that, the that fuck That meme, is it? America, explain, explain. <laughs> <laughs> How come this not Arkansas? And she's Jenny. tapping on the screen. That shit is fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, <clears throat> I'll say, you know, fucking California, fucking New York. I, I, I truly love this state and Me this too, city, man. man. There's so much heart mm-hmm. and community here that I feel at home. It's my favorite part. I feel at home on, you know, a heritage basis. Like, that's literally been fucking embedded into my fucking soul sure. and fucking drive um, to a point of existence. Like, I am happy here, my man. Favorite, one of my favorite things is the Riverwalk, man. You go down there. Mm. It's electrifying down there. They did a really good job. They I, I, I commend our city planners and... The, the the governors who are behind building all that and all that stuff, like getting it revitalized down there. I mean, you go down there, it's like almost magical. I walk down there probably two, three times a month, you know, just doing various things. I'll be down there and I'll just, I'll, I'll always peek into like the, the river market or go to the river walk area, go through that little like uh, outdoor museum. I don't really know what to call that. It's got all those facts and shit out there. Yeah, dorm museum. Yeah, it's like a, it's like that brick walkway. There's like these plaques, and they have like a picture on them and a words, and you can just read about like what was going on oh, at this okay, time, okay, like okay. the 1800s yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, those things. I call it like an outdoor museum. I'm not really sure what the fuck it was. Who <laughs> <coughs> oh, facts, man? That must be a museum. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Look at here, outdoor picture words. <laughs> but uh, you want to wrap this shit up? Dude, I think we had a hell of a good conversation. Me too, man. Um, You know, it's funny. You and I have been involved in, you know, the same scene for Mm -hmm. a hell of a long time. Somebody who I can can say I've been intimidated to approach. But God damn it, man. I'm so glad we were able to have a good conversation. Me too, bud. We've got to know each other a little bit today. Yeah, man. I I get that a lot. (laughs) I'm a big intimidating stature of a man and I wear a scowl on my face, but it's just how I look. I promise (laughs) I'm just a big teddy bear for the most part. I'm not afraid to protect what I care about. And, but I'm also that right there though. Incredibly approachable. I'm I'm incredibly approachable. More people. If you're listening, I'm I'm not, I'm not who you think I am. (laughs) He is a true saint and an angel who is a Rome in this earth. Truly. (laughs) Thanks bud. This conversation has been magnificent. Yeah, I don't know how how uh how often of a conversation. I mean, I don't know. I feel like you know, this is probably out of the ordinary, but but you need that. I feel right. like this was a good conversation. No, I had a hell of a lot of fun, and <clears throat> more people need to have these conversations. And Honestly. we got to talk about like my my one of the biggest things I wanted to ask you about was everything we talked about. Like, what do you think about the things that are going on? And we talked about all that. It's like we we're doing something new, and I would like to think. If it's cocky or whatever, fuck it. But I would like to think that the group of people who are doing this are setting a new standard. We're reinventing I truly hope so. what it's taking to make cool shit happen because people just want more. And as much as that sucks in my brain, the old me, the me that's trying to learn about the new world we live in is like, this is what it's going to take. 
So I'm trying to grasp onto that. Uh, what can I do to do it? And that's a big reason this podcast exists at all was more of a blueprint, you know, and let's just go forward and see what we can do. Let's, you know, not everything's going to work. Some of it's going to suck. Some of it's going to really suck, but some of that shit's going to be fucking awesome. That's right. And I think so long as we just keep doing this shit, man, I think if more people try, I think, I think our new focus needs to be on the youth, mm, especially in the art scene, because so many of them are tied to, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like the video games and, and just internet presence period. And like, that's, that's life. We need to somewhat not obstruct that, but try to find a way to combine the two for them. So they have a reason to go the fuck outside and come experience something for real in real life. Not, not that it's not, you know, they love their video games and all that kind of stuff. I'm a little bit old in my mind for that stuff, but I get it. It's valid, right? It is, you know, and I'm trying, I think that's the biggest step because I don't see a lot of truly young people out and about anywhere I go. Minus like restaurants. Cause everybody got fucking eat, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. I think, um, it's important, you know, to create these platforms of progressiveness and be progressive. Um, and again, create those bridges. Right? Yeah. And that's what I was, that's what, I, and that's why this conversation went the way it did. And honestly, that video you posted, it's, it sparked something in me to try to figure out. I think that's a new thing that more people should be talking about that. It was, it was, it was inspiring. Like it worked like whatever, for whatever reason it, you know, when you put that, it was one of those tote bags and you put it in the screen and just like watching that kid's face light up. It's like, this is what they're not. I feel like this is what I got as a child with everything because you had to go outside and do something. Otherwise you weren't doing shit and being inside sucked. Getting them outside to experience life. It, it, it will always have the same effect on a, on the human mind, especially the young human mind. 100%. They, they, that kid's eyes light up and he's just like, oh, like he can't believe it. And it's something as an adult, it's just as simple as pulling a squeegee across a, a, an opened up piece of screen. I could break it down in the layman's terms and make it sound like bullshit. But when you see that kid experience that for the first time, it's not bullshit. It's magic. And, and, and you know, at the end of the day, I think it's uh, in terms of it, kids, right? The right. youth. Um, I'm somebody who uh, my story was a, a bit different than most. right? Sure. I was uh, always a grade A student all the way up until high school. Once I got to 10th grade. Well, once I got to 10th grade, I started kind of, you know, having different thoughts and insight on what people and society Mm -hmm. was. Um, I became very rebellious. Um, I didn't align to the principles of the traditional school system. So So a free thinker. A free thinker. That's a good way to put it. And, you know, by 11th grade, midway, I dropped out. There I convinced my mom. I was like, "Mom, I do not belong." It's not here. for me. It's man. not for me. I was like, "It's not that I'm fucking stupid. It's not that I can't do it. It's just not the fit for me." No. I convinced her, and she, you know, God damn it, bless her heart. <laughs> yeah. She was like, "Fine, I, I believe you. I'm gonna give you this fucking this trial run." Like, yep. I told her, I was like, "You let me leave the high school system. I want to go get my GED immediately and go into college." So that's exactly what I did. I left 11th grade midway, got my GED within two weeks, and within a couple weeks after, I was enrolled in Pulaski Tech for entrepreneurship. Damn, dude. It's just I did not believe in the educational system, the traditional system. However, 
I, I took that experience into uh, an incentive to what I do now in terms of education. I, I do think the, the 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 core the core rule for me is, and the core struggle that I had as mm-hmm. a kid in in high school and growing up was, I never felt that I was perceived and acknowledged eye to eye. Right. I felt that I was looked down upon. Sure, and. Now, as an educator, what I do is I make sure that every child in any interaction that I have with is in an eye-to-eye basis. There you go. Anything that a child presents to me, expresses, says, whatever it may be, will never be disregarded, and mm-hmm. it will be taken in on an eye-to-eye level, and I will speak and interact with this child on an eye-to-eye level. To me, that is the future of education, the future of what a progressive society looks like, um, because that was my biggest struggle. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't honestly just disregard the future generation due to your old principles and old ways of being. What we experience now is all fucking methods and fucking mm. nothing to the next and up and coming generation who has a lot more to offer and new progressive ways of thinking. I can I can never take that away from them and from the future and the generation after them and the generation mm-hmm. after them. Establishing a platform in which students and kids and people are just able to express themselves without no repercussions or set structure is the key to a progressive future. That is what I truly believe. Plug your shit, man. Let's end it on that. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Hundred percent awesome, dude. Where can they find you? People need to talk to you. Where do they want? Where do, where are they gonna find? Oh, at? I don't know, man. You know, to be honest, um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, right now I'm working with this nonprofit, but I do have something in the works. Cool. Um, something more personal. Something that's gonna be established here in our in Little Rock, Arkansas. That's uh going to be a platform cool. for creatives and entrepreneurs and the youth where we'll be doing some workshops and um, being able to provide some services. And well, let us know if we can help too, man. Oh, I 100% want you guys involved. Yeah. So trust me. So I, I'm hoping that we'll get there sooner or later um, and we'll make all of this happen. Dude. But Corey, first of all, thank you because thank you, you are man. doing a massive service to not just Little Rock, but to this whole state. This is something that we need. And it is an absolute pleasure to be here, man. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you for coming, man. It's an honor for me just to sit down with like-minded people or even just, you know, I think this is what it is, man. I, I feel like there's not enough of this long-form conversations happening. So we'll just keep doing it. We'll keep it. Yeah, we'll open-ended. We'll keep That's doing it. it. And thank you so much, seriously, for everything that you've done you too, for buddy. this community because you, you have done a lot. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. Well, you know when to find me, where to find me, when. You can find me whenever you want uh, <laughs> on the internet and just out generally. I'll be at the uh, Plitzkin show tonight, as a matter of fact. So, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah.